following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Gentlemen, at the outside, let's I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co hosts, yes, hosts, Cantball yep, Alex Hill yep. and the bootleg. What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing today? Yeah, they're great. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we start. Yeah, everybody's doing well. Um, gentlemen, we are on the precipice of the NFL season, it is right around the corner. Fantasy leagues are starting up, so I'm getting my my uh, my fantasy football on. It's it's making for a good time. It's lurking around the corner. Yeah, it is. Uh, but we we have all these teams now, and and this is an interesting time right now. I don't know if I've seen this late in the off season be so I guess action packed. Um, normally, it's just kind of like get through camp get to the start of the season, a signing here and there, and that's about it. There have been teams that have been signing stud star players at the end of camp or, or near the end of the, the offseason here to make sure that their entire team is rounded out. We're talking name players. This has been one of the more exciting offseasons. I actually think that this one is is probably the best one in <laughs> five years. Usually about right this time, it's, it's quiet. I, th- I think... <laughs> Part of the deal is players, there's been more player empowerment right? right? over the last few years. The camps have been scaled down, mm-hmm. right? And what do you hear about guys? They cannot stand practice, yeah. right? It's Allen Iverson told us, right? <laughs> we talking about practice. They can't stand the, the training camp and the grind, that, those hot summer days and those hot summer and, and, and the hitting. And once you get to a certain level in the league, you can kind of call your shots, especially if you've, you know, earned enough money that you feel is enough money, right? Mm-hmm. You can kind of sit out some training camp time. Yeah. And if you feel like you're ready to go and contribute, you know, a week and a half before the season or two weeks before the season starts, okay, you've earned that right. And some of those guys on this list have earned that right. Yeah, there, there's been some uh, a lot of signings going on, guys that, uh, you know, you're you're expecting to to see in training camps and whatever the case may be. I think it's all kind of interesting stuff. Uh, let's talk about one of the big, well, basically the biggest signing. We got to talk about it. This is the biggest signing of the, of the last two weeks here. And injuries play a role in that too. Got to bring that up. Yeah, injuries do. Yeah, biggest signing though. And speaking of injuries, uh, you know, uh, the Vikings running back, former Vikings running back, Dalvin Cook signs a one-year $8.6 million deal with the Jets. Um, and a lot of this, you know, I, I almost feel like like the Jets kind of jumped the gun here, but I kind of get it all at the same time. They go sign Dalvin Cook to the one-year deal, $8.6 million. He's more of an insurance policy than anything. Um, because they also activated running back Brees Hall off of the pup list. He's expected to be ready for week one now. Uh, when before, we weren't expecting to see Brees Hall 
until several weeks into the season. Right. Um, you know, starting with the Dalvin Cook, uh, the deal, I think Dalvin got uh, actually a pretty penny here, given the circumstances and given what the running back market dictates. Uh, Dalvin walks away from the Vikings. I believe he walked away with $9 million. If I'm not mistaken, the Vikings took a $9 million dead cap hit. Not a bad walk. I take yep. that. I take that walk any day. Yeah, and then he walks into a jet situation where he gets an additional eight point six million on top of it. So that man's set to make seventeen million dollars this year. Hey. You know? <laughs> Let's take a walk. Yeah, exactly. He he goes over to the Jets. Uh, Delvin did say he wanted to play with Aaron Rodgers. That is something that that he came out and said. Uh, Alex, and eight point seven million. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Alex, uh, starting with you. Dalvin Cook, what do you make of this move? Do you think this puts the Jets in a situation where they are legitimate contenders? Do you think that this team is is looking like a, pot, a potential playoff and or Super Bowl team now that they have all of these weapons on offense? And let's not forget this team's been putting together an offense this year. Right. So, absolutely. So, first off, absolutely. Uh, the New York Jets stock just skyrocketed uh you know i definitely can see them going toe-to-toe with the buffalo bills now granted uh you know you're still going up against josh allen and uh the diva (laughs) stefan diggs Diggs. but uh you you have you know arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in aaron Rodgers. you have one of the most prolific running backs in dalvin cook you have Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall's coming back off the pup list. So now you have a battle at starting running back and you also have sauce, yeah. you know, on defense, you know, so, you know, you, you definitely have a few very key pieces of, of the puzzle. And with Aaron Rodgers, you know, at the helm, especially given the fact that he's, he's freed himself of the shackles of the green Bay Packer organization. You know, we were expecting him. I I would expect him to do some truly spectacular things. You know, I would say, you know, AFC East or bust for the Jets. Yeah, they, I think they're looking at at a potential AFC East title. Um, the Bills are the big obstacle. Let's let's yes. keep that in mind. The Bills are the obstacle. I don't think anybody. Uh, look, I, I get that Miami Dolphins are still there. You yep. know, but. Uh, if if I believe that the uh, I think the Miami Dolphins could wind up in third place in this situation, still making the playoffs. Yep, could wind up in a third place situation. Yeah, you know it, this this becomes very interesting. Boots, what do you got on this? I think it's Fugazi. Yeah, yeah, I could be wrong, and and, and it wouldn't be the first time, probably the third, but I could be wrong when I say this. But man, I don't I don't see it. Look, you've got a Low average offensive line mm. in in front of Aaron Rodgers, right? And aging Aaron Rodgers, whose numbers have come down. The efficiency is is not like it used to be three four years ago. Yeah, right. He's on the downswing of the career. You've got an an uneasy substance, uh, less than average offensive line. You've got new players. He's he's playing with, but he's also bringing the old crew back. He's bringing back the old gang, mm. right? So he can feel comfortable, not for the rest of the team. He's bringing guys in so that he can feel comfortable. And you wonder what kind of effect that, is, that has on the rest of the team, mm-hmm. right? 
So who's this guy coming and just bringing all this boys and you know we like we you know what are we chop liver type deal? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If you don't think Dalvin Cook signed because Aaron Rodgers wanted him there, you're something ain't right. 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 So he wanted to play there. He being Cook. Aaron Rodgers wanted him there, just like Alan Lazard, just like Randall Cobb, just like Malik, uh, uh, the receiver, Malik, uh, I believe, Davis. But, mm. yeah, just, okay, who else are you going to try to go get? Now they just come out, the uh, Packers organization come out and had to squelch rumors that they were going to try to trade David Bakhtiari yeah. to the Jets. You're right. So, are, so what is that really telling me? It's telling me some things ain't right all the way, and I think it's going to be a little struggle. For Aaron Rodgers and the Jets going forward. You know, I I think a lot of people think that there's going to be a. a it, it, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of stuck in in the middle. I'm kind of stuck in limbo because on one end, I, I look over and I'm like, this could be the the second coming of a Brett Favre situation. This could be, you know, one of those situations where a guy goes in and and it's like Peyton Manning going to the Broncos. You know, where he's just in the twilight of his career and just lights the world on fire, new scenery, new organization, new receivers, just tearing it up. I mean, we we remember when when Manning went over to Denver and, and Demarius Thomas blew up and and Julius Thomas blew up and Wes Welker blew up and all those touchdowns he threw in those two seasons that he was there, those first two seasons, it was like, what the hell is going on? This guy's a maniac. Yeah. And he was on point. A lot of people could see that, and then on the other end, like you said, I, I could see that be, there being a little dissension in the ranks as far as you know, Aaron Rodgers coming over, bringing the whole gang. You know, Alan Lazard is over there. You got you know Garrett Wilson over there. You got and and now Dalvin shows up, so now you got Dalvin Cook, and there's a battle with Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall now. Who's going to be the man? You know, so yeah. there's questions. There's definitely questions. You've got chemistry concerns right there. Yep. So uh, there, there are, are things to think about. It, it's going to be an interesting situation, but Dalvin Cook winds up over there. I, and as far as Brees Hall goes, um, you know, I, I do think Dalvin's something of an insurance policy for them because Brees Hall did suffer the ACL tear last year. They weren't sure if, if Brees was going to be ready for week one. They go out and get Dalvin. Next thing you know, Dalvin's there, and then Brees is ready like days later, days after the fact. Yeah. So, I mean – you might have a two. Oh yeah, monster. I got to get ready. Yep, Dalvin's yeah. here. But the the interesting thing of and and bringing up the offensive line for the Jets, you know, Dalvin Cook is great at at running behind bad offensive lines, um, and particularly running that outside zone scheme. And that's that's kind of what his bread and butter has been throughout the last several years is getting outside the tackles. Yeah. You know, using that speed. I think that's kind of what they're looking for. They said, oh, this guy, he's he's ran behind some shitty offensive lines. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're they're kind of um, hoping that they can see that type of uh, success the same way he was in when he had in Minnesota behind some bad offensive lines um, moving forward. Uh, speaking of the Vikings, Vikings t- tight end TJ Hawkinson, he sat out for most of camp uh, due to a severe ear infection that messed with his equilibrium. Uh, you know, is this concerning? I mean, are are we are we concerned about T.J. Hawkinson moving into Week One boots? I I don't I don't think so. I think T.J. Hawkinson is going to be T.J. Hawkinson. I think he's going to be ready to go. Yeah, uh, you know, sometimes the, the the equilibrium it's it's weird because 
I've had some family uh, go through some of that some of that stuff where uh, they were experiencing uh, the vertigo. Yeah. Right. So that equilibrium stuff is it, not to don't mess around with that because you can really, you know, be disoriented and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it can, it can affect you. And especially, you know, you're trying to play football, right? You're running around with, you know, 230, 40 pound guys trying to knock your head off. Right. You know, you might want to make sure you're uh, completely balanced, but mm -hmm. if he's, you know, if he's better by the end of it, I, I have got zero concerns. Uh, Alex, TJ Hawkinson, I think he's in for a big year. How, what do you think? Hawk's going to be Hawk. You yep. know, uh, I, I think he repeats his performance from last year. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not concerned in any way, shape, or form. No, I, I'm not either. I, I think uh, Hawk, as long as that ear infection is cleared up, we're going to see a couple weeks of practice for him, and he's going to wind up being the same guy that we're used to seeing. Yeah, just stick an earwig in there. And it'll <laughs> <laughs> that thing bore right all through that way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the guy, the, his former team, though, is, is out here making moves. Uh, the Detroit Lions, Alex, I know you're excited about this one. Uh, signing quarterback Teddy Bridgewater to a one-year deal. They get their backup quarterback. Um, Bridgewater is a high-end backup in this league, I, I would tend to think. He's got starting experience. Uh, he was a, a full-year starter for the Carolina Panthers. You know, I, I don't think Bridgewater – he never gets the credit he deserves, I think, sometimes. I do think Bridgewater is a, a high-end backup at this point. Um, probably one of the highest-end backups, maybe even a low-end starter at this point. Uh, he just had never got the the experience and the the what we hoped he would get in Minnesota when the knee injury occurred and it, it really took him out of the game. Nobody thought he was going to play football ever again, really. And and he comes back uh, and and has found himself having a great career moving forward. Uh, Boots, as far as Teddy Bridgewater, what do you think of this signing? I think it's an excellent one. Let me just say this. Teddy Bridgewater is my favorite quarterback. Yeah. I love Teddy Bridgewater just as a quarterback and as a I don't know him, but as a, <laughs> as a dude, I just from afar, man, I I love and respect, have a healthy love and respect as as a man to man to for Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. That's my guy. Right? <laughs> Since he came out of Louisville, that's my guy. Right? I always been in his corner. Anybody who knows me tell you. That. But uh Teddy is the best backup quarterback in the league. Number one with a bullet. And that's that's ballsy. Yeah. This mm -hmm. is gonna be a theme because the greatest backup QB uh, retired, right? Mm -hmm. Chet and Chad Henney. Yeah. Okay. So who's next to, to take that step? It ain't Andy Dalton. Like it. No. Good, but the the best backup is Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. And this was an excellent signing by the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I think Excellent. it's. I think it was a very smart signing. Um, I, I I really enjoyed it. Alex, what say you? I know you were feeling this signing. Yep, uh, it's definitely an insurance policy. You know, keeping with that same theme. Uh, you know, because Lord knows the Detroit Lions need all the help they can get. Um, <laughs> if Jared Goff happens to go down halfway through the season, then you don't press the panic button. You have a capable backup. And historically, Detroit has always had capable backup quarterbacks. Especially, they've had to they've had to dig in to the likes of um, uh, Drew Drew Stanton, I believe, was had some touches at one point. Sean Hill, uh, Charlie Batch, yeah, oh, yeah. 
Charlie Batch. <laughs> Sean, Hill, Sean Hill was a big Sean one. Sean Hill, was the, he was the best one. I think Stafford got him out of town. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Sean Hill. Yeah. Sean Hill basically when, when Stafford was too hurt to play me, Sean Hill really stepped up. So Detroit has had a, a really good history of having good back backup quarterbacks. Now that you got, you know, John Campbell, John Campbell, Dan Campbell, excuse me. And there's another, there's another Campbell too, Jack. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, but with, with that crew in Detroit, I think, you know, they're, they're taking one step closer to getting that NFC North crown. Yeah. I, I think that, that the lions are, are, on a path for it, but one way that they're kind of not on a path for it, it, it's interestingly enough, Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams, he struggles with drops throughout the entire preseason. He's likely being shut down by the team for the rest of the preseason due to a hamstring injury. Look, I the more I see, and we talked about it last show, the more I see of Jamison Williams, the more I feel like the Vikings got away with one now. Like I, Jamison Williams, you know what he reminds me of, and and I may have said this last show, he reminds me of Johnny Morton. And with if if you remember Johnny Morton for the Lions, there Johnny Johnny Morton used to just juke guys out of their shoes, and he would get past them, and he would be wide open, and and you know they. Scott Mitchell would throw a ball out there and Johnny Morton would have it in his hands and drop it. My dad used to call Johnny Butterfingers Morton. That's what my dad used to call Scott Mitchell. There's a throwback. I know. And, and that's what Jamison Williams is sort of becoming to me. He's becoming Johnny Butterfingers Morton. He is, I, I watched his practice tapes and he's juking these guys out of their shoes, getting by them. He's got all the athletic ability in the world, and then when it's time to catch the football, he drops it. This guy's getting fist fights on the practice field, right? He's out there, you know, dropping passes left and right. He's he's almost got a, a big head for no reason right now because he's not performing well. And then for him to go out there and and not perform well in preseason games, he didn't perform well while he was out there on the field. He he has not done well. And now he's got an injury. Now, last year he was hurt for majority of the season. Now he's hurt again. He's going to be deactivated for the rest of the preseason. And he's suspended. Yep, and he's suspended for the gambling stuff. This guy is trending bust right now. And and I I'm kind of like, what is going on? Like, because everybody thought, including myself, that Jameson Williams was going to be like this monster receiver that the Lions were about to be three deep. He's lined up with Amon Ra, and now it's Jameson Williams, and oh my God. And no, not really. Not really anything spectacular here. I am not sold on Jameson Williams right now. I have a lot of questions about this kid, and he's trending bust, and it's starting to look like the Vikings may have got away with one. Uh, when and, and even with them walking away with Lewisine, who hasn't been spectacular, he had a good couple of days in practice, but hasn't been spectacular. Lewisine obviously dealing with injuries on his own. But I would say Lewisine, by comparison, even though they play different positions, Lewisine has looked better than Jamison Williams and has been picked quite a bit later in the draft. Jamison Williams has not panned out for the Lions one bit. 
off the field issues, on the field issues, not catching passes, getting into fights. Dude, he's suspended now. I, I, he's trending Boston. Am I wrong here, Boots? Am I, am I missing something? Mm, I don't, I don't, you know, you're not, you're not completely wrong. Here's the thing. When you're fighting uh, in, in practice, uh, you, you're, you, when you, you punch, right? So when you punch and you, you might hit a helmet. So those fingers that you need to catch the ball, right? They're a little, you know, they might be damaged from that fight you got into, right? right? Or maybe you got all those paper cuts from counting all that money that you were giving out on the <laughs> in, on the street of Detroit. That could be the issue, but no, seriously, you got two jobs as a wide receiver in football, right? Get open and catch the ball. Bingo. That's it. Yep. Get up. That's Hunt. the requirement get open catch the ball now yeah he can get open gets past guys runs by him right and you're looking 20 30 yards down the field there's james williams wide open here we go catch the ball touchdown but if you're not catching the ball then what do we need you for what do we have you for what is what do you have what are you doing that's different than anyone else who can get open and not catch the football you're not performing to the level that we need you to especially being the first round they traded up to get you doing all of these things that don't matter off the field stuff i almost couldn't care less unless you're just doing something just you know in endangering other people right i almost right. couldn't care less what you do off the field but when you get on this field and you're playing next to these guys who this is how they feed their families this is how they keep Food on the table. This is how they establish themselves. They're putting their bodies on the line every single time, and you have to line up next to them. And you got to be willing to do the same thing too. And if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing while I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, hey man, we don't need you. Let's get somebody mm -hmm. here that's going to be doing what you're supposed to do: get open and catch the ball. Am I wrong, Alex? You are not wrong, sir. Um, you know, he really needs to take these six weeks that he's got, you know, uh, you know, this rap sheet that he's, that he's got and really sit, you know, it, it, you know, you, he might've blown out his hammy too, you know, heal up, sit on the bench, eat your humble pie. And we're really hoping that by week seven, you know, we're in a good spot so that we can keep, you know, really put our foot on the gas as a, cause as a Detroit lions fan, you know, it's it's definitely concerning. I mean, yes, he's trending bust. That doesn't mean he's going to be a bust. Like I said, I'm a big, I am a huge believer in. I'll believe it when I see it, and when I'm going to be seeing it is in the in the regular season. Uh, obviously, you know, I could I could go back and watch tape of of the other of the preseason. You know, I'll I'll take I'll take Scott's word for it when he says. You know, he's been dropping passes left and right. I mean, you know, that does happen, but it, it's not supposed to. But the deal is, come week seven, this this kid needs to have, you know, he he needs to have his, his working boots on. And I really hope that between the injury and the suspension and having Coach Campbell, you know, you know, punch, you know, give, give, him, give him some tough love, I would hope, that he'll he'll realize, okay, I got I got to get I have to get my ducks in a row or you know this whole this big star thing is going to be a thing of the past. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I see. And, and here's the thing, like you, Boots, you, you were I, I knew you were just getting ready to say, well, it's preseason and they're working out kinks. I'm sorry. When I see a guy in preseason and, and this is the thing that gets me about preseason. I get it's preseason and you're working out kinks and whatever the case. And that's fine. But who are you taking on in preseason? Majority of the time. Teammates. But not only that, in preseason games, who are you taking on? Backups, second stringers. Yeah. And you're not performing against those guys. And I'm supposed to think that this guy's supposed to be the the second coming of Calvin Johnson or something. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like like they had that one big pass, that one big bomb against Minnesota where he went and he scored a touchdown and everybody thought that this guy was just going to be the man. And here we are. Mm -hmm. Next year. Yep. The following year. Suspended, hurt, dropping passes, off the field shit, on the field shit, fighting with teammates, and I get it, you know, good. He's got a little fire in him. He's got a little, got a little fire in his belly. He wants to, I want to be great, and his teammates are talking shit to him because he's dropping passes and whatever else. But hey, catch the damn ball, and we yep. talking. Yeah, this wouldn't even be a conversation, bro. right? So I mean, so thanks, Jameson. Yeah, so. With, with that, you know, and, and speaking of underperforming receivers, we'll move on to this one, too, while we're at it. Titans wide receiver Traylon Burks, he goes and sprains his LCL. He's supposed to miss several weeks. You know, this is a guy that, you know, I was never sold on when he got drafted. Mm-hmm. Never sold on when the trade took place for A.J. Brown going to the Eagles. Yep. And I was, I, I just did not buy Traylon Burks. And so far... You know, and and look, I get it. Injuries happen. Injuries do happen in professional sports and contact sports. I get it. It, These things do happen. But, Alex, we talk about it all the time, and I'm going to just scratch this one off the bingo card. What is the most important thing in professional sports? Reliability and availability. Bingo. You got to be there. You got to be on the field. If you can't be durable, then what good are you to your team? If you can't be on the field. It's, it was the, the same problem for a little while that we had with Dalvin Cook. You know, we got to see availability and reliability. And, and so far, Traylon Burks has not been available and he's not been reliable. He's flashed uh, talent and potential, mm-hmm. you know, when we've seen it here and there. And you thought maybe towards the end of last season, maybe he's turning it on. Because the beginning of last year, it was it was asthma or possibly not being in shape for training camp right. and all of those questions. And that, and, and then the injuries and stuff just kind of lingered throughout the season last year. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end, he was a little more healthy and, and things started pointing it, trending in the right direction, as they say. Yeah. But now again, here we, here we go, sort of starting on the wrong end of it. Injuries happen, like you said, but is it one of those deal where they're, there's always something with this guy, right? Type of type of type of thing, right? And then that's kind of what I'm thinking. We're going with Traylon Burks here. Is 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 there always something with this guy? I wasn't sold on him. I didn't think he was he was a first round talent guy. To be honest with you, I I was not sold on him as a first round. Um, I was, I'm sold on his on his talent being draftable. Where in the draft? That depends on team and scheme. Yeah, and and obviously, I don't think the Titans are are very you know, sold on him with the DeAndre Hopkins stuff going on with him getting signed over there. You know, I, it just seemed like a silly move. 
It looked good for the Eagles now. Though. Yeah, oh yeah, the Eagles are loving every single second of that. Mm-hmm. You know what? Uh, we got other other uh, signings going on around the league. Speaking of of uh, the old AFC South, there the Colts making moves here. They named quarterback Anthony Richardson as their starting quarterback. And Boots, I know you just are fully erect over that one. I wouldn't go so far to say that. <laughs> My- <laughs> <laughs> he's very he's very excited <laughs> you were waiting oh man yeah yeah well here's the thing like you knew that wasn't going to be the case right right, right. nobody drafted a guy that high right to be a backup right maybe mm-hmm. the game yeah right maybe yeah. the first quarter of the first game first half you know the other, you know the guy that we had over here maybe struggling a little bit quote unquote Right. So let's put the kid in. Right. Right. So it's not like this was unexpected. This is going to be um, a, it's a major transition because, you know, Richardson, he's still got some he's he's still a little raw. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, just needs a little bit more season, a little more timing and in, in touch on the passes. But I saw one. There was a, a, a pass that he threw the 35 yard just rainbow into the corn of the uh the uh, the near corner of the end zone for Alec Pierce and Pierce dropped it. Yeah, and he, I mean, I mean Richardson put it in his shirt pocket and, and the kid dropped it. And I was so pissed off at that. But you saw a lot of flashes of his raw athleticism, his power, his he took willingness to take on a defender. You know, heading out of bounds, he could have just you know slid, but he went took on that defender and you know made his presence known. And I think he'll he'll just get better with time. He literally had one and a quarter of uh, college football. Yeah, you know, maybe one and a half seasons of college football. So you know, he just needs a little bit more time. But he's in the right offense, I believe, to really accentuate his 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 true talent, the ability to run the ball, the rushing ability is always going to be there. You know, so I think he'll be all right. Yeah, the, I think one of the Achilles heels, and it's it's interesting you mentioned Pierce is is one of the Achilles heel, heels for that team. And, and I love Alec Pierce, but he but, dropped it. Yeah, but and for Richardson, I, I think it's going to be the receiving core for him is going to be one of those things that they're going to have to address, and that's something that Indianapolis hasn't fully addressed for a while. It's like Michael Pittman and then everybody else, and if Michael Pittman's not there, it's looking a little rough. I know they got Isaiah McKenzie over there. Now who, they, who is halfway decent? Josh Downs. Josh touch touchdowns. Downs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Downs is over there. I know. I know he's uh, he's uh, technically in a second string role right now, according to the the depth chart. But you know, we'll we'll see how he pans out too. And Kyle Granson at, at tight end. I'll talk about him a little bit later. But there's a a, a gem at tight end in Indianapolis. Yeah, and and that it, it's going to be kind of an interesting situation to say the least uh as far as as anthony richardson goes and see how he if he can lead this team and if to see if he's going to be able to handle uh a team that really doesn't have a plethora of weapons for him uh you know over there alex what is your prediction for anthony richardson is it going to be a rough year for him or is he going to have a breakout season 
Uh, it's really hard to tell. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm sure the first couple of games are going to be rough because, again, you're you're getting into the NFL. You know, it, it's not college. But um, I'm going to give Anthony Richardson a chance. I really think that he, uh, you know, bumps the Colts into a pot in a positive direction. I don't really, I don't really know he's going to have a breakout season, you know, but uh, he definitely will have a decent season. You know, I think the Col- I think the Colts, it's fair to say, um, this is gonna, okay. This is a little bold. Colts have a winning record after their disastrous season last year. I know. Yeah, it's a little bold. <laughs> if, if, if realistically, I'm looking at I'm looking at it. I'm looking at seven wins realistically. Yeah. But nine here. nine win nine wins gets you a winning record. Alex out here looking like Randy Marsh walking around with his balls in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Jeez, oh, Pete. Uh, so we we have that going on. Another quarterback that might, uh, in in my opinion, he might struggle a little bit. Is going to be Sam Howell. Uh, the Commanders have named Sam Howell as their starting quarterback. Um, we kind of saw it coming. Uh, they Sam Howell out of North Carolina. We we know that he stayed about one year too long in college. Uh, before that year, that was so bad. He was actually projected to be a top five pick, and here we are. He gets drafted by the Commanders. I believe second round he went to the Commanders. He goes over there. And and I like Sam Howell a lot, but I don't really think he's had proper development time. I don't think he's had the the time to sit behind somebody and actually learn anything. You know, like think about the people he was sitting sitting behind. Taylor Heineke was not necessarily a high level uh, NFL quarterback. He's a capable quarterback, maybe not high high level quarterback to learn behind. And yeah. the the entire organization is just. A, Wow. Yeah. And and now they're they're talking about I guess I guess the petition was signed to bring back the Washington Redskins name recently. That's oh. another thing going on. That 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 oh, organization boy. has a lot of work to do to yeah. turn things around. Uh and and since it's been sold, Dan Snyder is is gone, which is kind of the problem with that organization and has been the problem with that organization for quite some time. But you know, it's it's going to be fun fun to, to see how the the uh, uh commanders redskins whatever they decide to go with we're it's going to be fun to see how they they roll but alex sam howell i mean i know you haven't seen a whole lot of this guy uh we got to see a little bit of him last year he didn't look half bad but you know do you think that he's going to have a rough time this season i think that is the case i think he's going to have a rough day in the office yep uh, he's def it's definitely going to be rough um, I don't hold out too much hope for the Washington Commanders. Um, they definitely won't have a winning record. Um, they won't have. <laughs> I'll pro- I will be generous and give them six wins. You know, perhaps six wins. But uh, I would not be surprised if they were if they were circling the bottom of the drain. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. Oh, see, the one thing that uh, Howell had. Okay, he's athletic. He's mobile. Uh, he competes on every single play, right? And he's got leadership qualities. He's got some some intangible. There's some intangibles there, but there's also another thing that they, that he's got. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say thing, person. Terry McLaurin. Yeah, he's got an excellent NFL wide receiver who has done wonders 
chicken salad out of chicken shit, right? Yeah. With the yep. quarterback play that has been be uh, beheld into to Washington. So he's got uh, Howell's got that going for him that he's got a an A one receiver. You know, and and you and an excellent offensive mind in uh, Eric Bieniemy controlling the offense. You you mentioned that I actually think he has a, actually a pretty nice uh, trifecta of receivers over there. Frankly, I I, I like all three of those guys. Um, Curtis Samuel is a little unsung. He was red hot early in the season. A guy I was really big on though was Jahan Dotson last year. Mm-hmm. To start. And then the injury, you know, injuries and kind of hit the rookie wall and yeah. whatever. But, you know, hope to bounce back. I, I thought Jahan Dotson looked better. And, and I had called it before the season. I said Jahan Dotson was going to wind up being the better receiver between him and Curtis Samuel. And it looked like Curtis Samuel was going to prove me wrong. But Jahan Dotson came alive and, and he looked damn good. There were a couple of games there where he was making some beautiful catches, getting big yardage. I like Jahan Dotson a lot. I think he should be the number two over there. Yeah. And uh, how reunited with Diami Brown? Yep, at, from North Carolina. That's what the Commanders do need. They do need a big body boundary go get it receiver, especially with Howell being a, a smaller, a shorter pocket quarterback. Yeah, Diami Brown kind of reminds me of like a poor man's T. Higgins almost. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's kind of what what he reminds me of. So I mean, he's he's a big bodied guy. He knows how to go up high, point the ball, really yeah. get physical. And and that's a good thing. Catches in traffic, and it's nice, like you said, that that connection, that North Carolina connection. That's a big thing as well. So I mean, it it could be helpful for for Howell. I think Bienemy is going to be a huge help for for Howell, though. Eric Bienemy is at a, a, a level of his own. People yeah. people do not. Give Eric Bieniemy enough credit right now. If he blows up this whole offense and makes them just the 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 monsters that I really think that they could be, because I really do think that they could be monsters. Man, Eric Bieniemy is going to look like the hero of the day over there in Washington. And if they if the players respond, because apparently there have been some reports. Oh, he was he was too intense with yeah. the players. <laughs> Man, Eric Bieniemy can't. If you remember Eric Bieniemy mm-hmm. playing, mm-hmm. he is old school football. That's an angry man. In old school <laughs> football, this is what you're gonna have to deal with sometimes. Yep. Just hey, this is what it is, bro. This is what we're doing. This is the place that we're calling. This is what I'm. This is how I'm running it. Either get with it or or get gone. Yeah. Right. And the head coach should be way. Hey, do what he says to do because this is why we brought him here so he could do what he's going to do. No doubt. You know, and if you want to be a player's coach or do you want to be a coach coach, you know, what do you want? So apparently you've got a player's coach and now you've got a, you know, a, a coach's coach. And that's going to be a clash, which could also hurt the command. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and another team that that is very much a get with it or get gone type of team, the New England Patriots. Uh, they have some stuff going on. Uh, tight end Mike Jasicki, this is the lesser news, but it's just makes you cringe. Uh, the, their tight end, Mike Jasicki, he goes out, suffers a dislocated left shoulder during practice. Uh, Jasicki's a huge deal for them. They they have a, a series of good tight ends over there with John M. Smith and all these guys. Now, here we are. Uh, Jasicki goes out. They have almost a three tight end thing going on there with, with yeah. Jasicki and Hunter, you know, and now you're over here looking at John o. Smith. So I mean, like, that's that's interesting to say the least. That's yeah. it's very Utah. It's yeah. very University of Utah, isn't it? 
Yeah, kind of like uh, when uh, Josh McDaniels was running the offense and they had uh, Gronk and, and Aaron Hernandez right. out there doing those two tight end sets because the wide receivers in New England, you know, come on. Yeah. I, I don't see it. The tight ends have always been utilized in New England Patriots offensive systems. And now Bill O'Brien coming in as offensive coordinator. You know, Jasicki wasn't going to be asked to do a lot of blocking. Yeah. Right. He's a pass catcher. Exactly. Yeah. He was going to be going, going, you know, stretching the seam and getting open because that's what he does. He did that excellent over the last few seasons. But in Miami last year, I guess that's not what they wanted. And he ends up, you know, coming over to New England and free agency. And it's, it's terrible to hear about the uh, the shoulder. But look for Hunter Henry to uh, to get a lot of extra targets. Yeah. Hunter Henry is has been excellent for, for New England. Um, you know, and Jasicki. The last couple of years, you know, he was either real hot or, or not. Alex, you had uh, you. I, I know you know a thing or two about Mike Jasicki. I know you had him in fantasy. Um, that guy, he's a definite red zone threat. Great hands. Uh, he for a while there, he was a little bit of a touchdown machine, right? I mean, yep. he, he's one of the better tight ends uh, in in my opinion in the red zone. Um, that that we've seen in quite some time, and like you said, down the seam boots, he's he's something special. Yeah, before McDaniel got to town, my my man <laughs> has got tons of money. Now McDaniel comes in, he's got to go. Yeah, and uh, the other thing is uh, the Patriots. Then and Alex, I know that you have been pounding the table for this man, and mm-hmm. it finally happened. The Patriots go out and sign running back Ezekiel Elliott, one year, six million dollars. I think they got Ezekiel Elliott on a dime, and I think that yeah. they wound up getting a stud running back to go ahead with Ramadre Stevenson. They get a, uh, a sort of physical pounding-in-the-trenches type of back. Uh, what do you think of this, Alex? I know you're probably pretty excited about it. Well, I'll tell you, we were all kind of pounding the table because we, we were wondering, like, you know, a, 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 a running back of Ezekiel Elliott's caliber, you would think that teams would have been clamoring to sign them to sign the man. And the fact that we the Patriots got him on a dime, I'm just kind of scratching. We, we saw you, you showed me a picture of him the other day where he looked like he was uh, you know partaking of the double cheeseburgers and the pulled pork and and the smoked ribs and all that. I mean he's a big boy. He you know, like he might be he's, he's kind of turning into Derrick Henry, uh <laughs> the wish version of Derrick Henry. <laughs> it's which, you know, he's so I still think it's a, it's a great signing to have a dual threat like Ramadre Street Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott, especially if Zeke can pull off that the same success that he had in Dallas. Um, you know, time will tell. You know, he's still you know quite young. He's still he's still in prime age. So, you know, the the Patriots you know either have you know a solid running game or they they've got a problem. So it remains to be seen. Yeah, uh, Ramadre Stevenson to me comes off as as more of the speed burner of the two. Uh, he he's almost like and and I always, I keep using poor man's version. He's like the poor man's version of Dalvin Cook. Likes to kick outside, likes that outside zone run, get outside the tackles. He's a speed burner. Whereas Zeke seems more like that in the trenches, lower the shoulder, belt a guy in the face type of running back. And I think that's kind of what they're looking for in this situation, where Zeke is going to wind up being that goal line back. And 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 he's going to be that short yardage third round back or third down back rather, whereas Stevenson's going to be the bell cow. Uh, but at the same time, if Stevenson were to go down, 
I think they'd be comfortable having Ezekiel Ali back there as their bell cow guy. And I think that's kind of what Bill Belichick is looking for. Boots, what say you? That's exactly what they're looking for. With Ezekiel Elliott's skill set, he is far better than uh, Damian Williams. Right. Right? So he's, he was better than – and Damian Harris, excuse me. Better than, than Damian Harris in what they do. So Ezekiel Elliott has always been a good receiver out of the backfield. Yeah. He has always had good pass pro skills, right? So you could keep him on the field. That's why it was so hard for Jerry Jones to let the guy go because you could put him, you could put Ezekiel Elliott in any situation on your offense. He was a, a three to four down back, yep. period, right? You could get anything out of Ezekiel Elliott. It's not like, oh, he doesn't have any hands, so we can't use him on third. Now we got to bring somebody else in. Mm-hmm. No, he was running, he was keeping the, the backfield together in Dallas. They brought in Tony Pollard. Okay, they did what they did, but Jerry Jones wanted to keep Zeke because Zeke, you put it on two-yard line. Hey, Zeke, go get it. Touchdown. <clears throat> yep. Right? We saw it. We've, we've seen it. Yeah. Right? He, now, he was he was a touchdown hawk last year. Yeah. Right? Especially for the second half of the season. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, every week he was doing it. And so you see that from afar. If you're looking at the, the Patriots organization, you're seeing that. Okay, well, hey, if we need somebody at the goal line, we don't feel comfortable with Ramondre. Hey, yeah, turn around, hand it to Zeke. We got a touchdown. Yep. So I think it was an excellent signing by the Patriots. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of what it is. And and you know Zeke is going to be able to hold up if if there's ever a situation where Ramadre goes down. Exactly. Uh, you know, and Zeke's average has been dropping. Let's you know be clear, he hasn't. He, and I'm I'm surprised his average dropped the way it did, especially given the the. Uh, top of the line offensive line that they had in Dallas, but I, I do think a change of scenery could help in that Belichick system. Belichick, Bill Belichick has shown that he knows how to properly utilize power backs. Yeah, and and that like remember Legarrette Blunt, you know that he's the big yeah. one. Legarrette Blunt, I mean he utilized Corey him Dillon. Yeah, he revitalized Corey <clears throat> Dillon's career when Corey Dillon came over from Cincinnati. Right. So right. I mean it's it's a big thing here, and I think it's going to be excellent. Speaking of the Cowboys and that offensive line, the Cowboys agree to a reworked deal with offensive guard Zach Martin. That's going to pay him $18 million per year, effectively ending his holdout. Uh, we talked about it last show that that Zach Martin was holding out. Um, and, and you know, I, I honestly I'm, I'm, I think this is just the smartest move that they could have made. Jerry Jones needed to give up the dough and pay this offensive guard, get him on the field. He's one of the best in the game. Pay the man. Yeah. He just got yep. the money that uh, Ezekiel Elliott was going to get because Jerry Jones wanted to give it to Zeke. They said, no, Jerry, no. <laughs> we don't need him. So they gave him, you know, apparently Zeke didn't take as long of a walk as Dalvin Cook did. But, yep. yeah, this is an excellent deal. By the, You needed to keep Mark. Yeah. You, you just needed to. Like, there's some, it's non-negotiable. Yeah, the need the uh, interior of that line is going to be spectacular. Um, Alex, Zach Martin, he's imperative to keeping Tony Pollard healthy, correct? Absolutely. You know, and you got and and Dak Prescott for that matter. You got to you got to protect the blind side. Yeah. Uh, you know, like we said, Zach Martin's one of the best in the game. Uh, you know, it absolutely you know, it's absolutely necessary for the Cowboys to resign that man. Uh, you know, even, even Jerry Jones and his, you know, crusty old age realized, you know, he had a, you know, he had a, uh, 
a trump card in that in that essence and uh you know so good move by dallas yeah i think jerry jones has gotten to this point where he's like this angry old man that's pinching <laughs> so hard that he's just gonna shit out a nickel mm-hmm. you know <laughs> it's it's coming i'm just telling you but he's uh he's getting on that level speaking of Former Cowboys, the Saints go out and sign the ex-Cowboys and Giants linebacker Jalen Smith to a one-year deal. If you remember, Jalen Smith got released by the Cowboys this earlier this offseason. Uh, you know, I actually like this signing. I'm not going to lie. I like yeah. this signing. I like Jalen Smith. Actually, it was last season. But anyway, Jalen Smith, I think this is an excellent signing. He's um, underrated, underutilized. People don't give this man enough credit. I like this on a one-year deal, kind of a prove-it deal. That Saints defense, and and to make room for him, they did cut wide receiver Kiki Cootie, by the way, which is actually one of those more underrated number two, low-end two, high-end three receivers. I think it's smart that they got rid of him to bring in a linebacker the caliber of uh, Smith there. What say you? Uh, Jalen Smith, first off, when he, you know, kudos to the Cowboys organization for drafting him in the first place. Yep. Because he's coming off of that terrible knee injury that he suffered in college and and they and the cowboys said hey we're gonna get you anyway you know put you on ice so to speak and you know rehab because maybe we don't quote unquote need you this year but we're going to need you so just get right and he did and and they did hit they did right by him but you know things happen business is business and and he moves on but the saints get a really good he still got some athleticism he's still good in coverage to get a really good linebacker because the uh, linebacking unit did need some upgrades. Um, you got a guy who can go after the passer because the Saints losing Marcus Davenport. Yeah, you know that kind of hurts them. They re-signed the uh, uh, the other uh, defensive end. Uh, their Cam, guy, Cam. Yeah, yeah, yep. Cam. Get Jordan. Yeah. So you know, so that helps. But yeah, this is uh, this is an upgrade to their linebacking unit. Yeah, it's. It, I think it's a big, a big boon for them, and and you got to remember their head coach is Dennis Allen, who was the former defensive coordinator for that team. So he's just grabbing these defensive guys and and building yeah. that defense in in the yeah. way he wants to build it. Yeah, because the Saints have a, they've got a, a real shot at winning that uh, division. Oh yeah, I yeah. think I think their their uh, uh, schedule is a cupcake schedule. Yeah. There, they, people need to realize that the Saints really. And and I hate to even take it this far, they are a dark horse Super Bowl team right yeah, now. Yeah, because they yeah. have the cupcake schedule. Derek Carr is a huge upgrade from Andy Dalton. That's yeah. like that's like tripling your quarterback position. You know, right then and there. Yeah, and James and James Williams, Winston, James Winston, James Winston. There you go. Right, he's a really good backup. Yes. He's, he's a high-end backup. Yeah, high-end backup. Not as good as Teddy B, but he is definitely one of the best backups in the league. Yes. I got to say that. Yep. And then and then you look at what they, you know, if Mike Thomas can stay healthy, you still have Chris Olave returning. You have Alvin Kamara, who's going to have the three-game suspension, but then he's going to be back in. Yeah, I mean, you have, you have Williams over there that you just picked up as your, running, your other running back. So still you have a strong offensive yeah, line. Great offensive line. You got a defense that's being built, and now you just added Jalen Smith. I mean, I just I look at this situation, Alex. What say you? The Saints are they a dark horse Super Bowl team, or do you think that they're just going to win the division, go to the playoffs, and you know, divisional round goodbye? Do you think that this team has the best chance to win this division right now? 
to win the division, absolutely, because the division's up in the air. Uh, it's definitely anybody's division. Even Tampa Bay with Baker Mayfield could has a has an outside shot of winning of winning the division. Not to say that you know the, the Saints have absolutely the best chance because they have the best weapons. Uh, you know, and Derek Carr is a huge reason for that. Uh, but yeah, I I I agree with the idea that they can get as far as the division around, and then they're and then they're bouncing. You know, even maybe even the wild card, they'll, they'll make the playoffs and probably get bounced out in the first round. But um, any um, but but if any team has a chance of, of winning the NFC South, it's it's New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and we've, we've talked about Atlanta, you know, having the opportunity and whatever the case may be. Very strong. Yeah. Yep. But I honestly, I, it just looks like the Saints. I, I, I can't. I'm looking over going. They got Derek Carr, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas if he's healthy, Alvin Kamara. To me, it's their division to lose at this point. Yeah. Given the schedule, given the upgrades, given the players that they have on the field, given everything, it's the Saints' division to lose. Yeah, the fly in the ointment is, is Atlanta. Yeah. Because of the consistency here at quarter. I'll get into a little bit later with what you know, at the quarterback spot. But yeah, Atlanta would probably be the biggest, is the biggest opposition for the Saints for that division. Right. And and speaking of, of Atlanta, by the way, just, just throwing this out there, if you didn't get the opportunity to see Bijan Robinson, who I said was going to lead the league in rushing this upcoming year, if you didn't get to see Bijan Robinson and the way he performed, he was dazzling. In his preseason debut, dazzling, dazzling. I mean, he he blew my mind in his preseason debut. I was impressed thoroughly by Bijan Robinson. He was excellent, absolutely excellent. Um, so I I just want to throw that out there. If anybody, I, I hope everybody's getting excited about that. Elsewhere around that division, the Panthers agree to a one-year deal with defensive end Justin Houston. Uh, you know, I feel like this guy's become a journeyman of, of sorts. Mm. As mm-hmm. good as he is and as good as he's been throughout the, the league and for all the teams that he goes and, and, you know, plays for, Justin Houston, he's been everywhere. Yeah. Honestly, he's so good. He's, he's played for, what, the Ravens? He's played for the Colts. He's uh, played, you know, man. Yeah, he's played for the Chiefs. He's, yeah. he's, you know, he's been all over the place. And and he's played for everyone and and been excellent everywhere he's gone. Yeah, I mean, it, is this boots? I think this is an excellent signing. I I love this this move. I think it's smart. I think it it bolsters a defense that sorely needed pass rushers last year, um, and and really has sorely needed tacklers ever. I mean, really ever since Luke Keekley hung him up. I was just yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, this this is an excellent signing. I I love this move. It is. Um... The thing about Justin Houston is it seems like the bulk of his and some of these other players, too, they've gotten the bulk of their earning from one team. Yeah. Right. After, you know, maybe staying four or five, six years at one team. And then here comes a a one year deal here, Mm -hmm. a one year deal there. Yeah. You're right. Go get six million here. Go get eight million there. Go get five million here. Seven million there. You know, and you can parlay those those beginning years, mm-hmm. and now you're going out and getting you know just 
quick bags. Yeah, right? he's almost like a, a, a hired assassin. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like yeah. a, I was with the organization, and now I'm on my own. Yep. He's right? like a hitman for hire. Yeah. Yeah, he's like John Wick. <laughs> now the Continental's coming after him. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I can see there's a really good signing by the Panthers. Um, they should definitely be a little bit more concerned about their offensive line at this point. But, mm-hmm. regardless, Justin Houston, very good signing by the uh, by the Panthers. Yeah, Alex, what say you here? Yep. Um everything that that's been mentioned here, you know, I fully agree with. Uh, you know, you know, the defense definitely needs needs a, a bolster in here. And uh this signing has definitely you know, you know, improved those chances. Yeah, we we I, I think a lot of people just like Justin Houston always remo- remains as one of those guys like he'll make the headline, but he always just kind of flies under the radar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody, nobody thinks about him. Yeah. And then and then when he gets signed, everybody goes, that fucking guy was still out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's definitely it's a pleasant surprise to be sure. It's like the general public may be, you know, unaware, but everybody in the NFL knows. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are looking at him going, oh, shit, he's still out there. I can't believe that. Yeah. Uh, another guy that was still out there that got signed uh, actually just yesterday. Uh, the Ravens go out and sign defensive end Jadavion Clowney to a one-year, $6 million deal. Uh, you know, See? Clowney is a good player. The Ravens needed a, uh, another defensive end. They needed another pass rusher. Uh, you know, I like Clowney as a player. I think he's a disruptive force. I think that teams have to pay attention to him. But one thing about Jadavion Clowney will always be durability is is a concern. I always have issues with his durability. Um, Alex, I know that you know all about Javion Clowney and you, you know, up, up here in Michigan, we, we heard, I mean, nothing but, but Javion Clowney for like two years almost, man. Ooh, well, yeah. he, well, when he ran over Denard Robinson in that bowl game, I mean, people were looking up and going, Oh my God. And he's a former number one draft pick too, a number one overall draft pick. Um, so you know, definitely. So there was definitely a lot of hype uh, when the Houston Texans drafted him. You know, all so long ago. Uh, you know, he's definitely still you know a, a force to be reckoned with in the NFL. But as you as you mentioned, you know, he gets hurt a lot. You know, we we see this story all the time. You know, a, a prolific player comes out of college and oh, he can't really cut it in the league. Um, or you know, some people like just struggle to like get to that upper echelon. But they do a good job of, you know, headlining the middle of the road, and yep. and Jadavian Clowney is one of those players. Yeah, I, I, Jadavian, he he came into Houston. He was hurt. I mean, like almost the first two seasons, he was hurt. You know, Houston ultimately winds up sending him to Cleveland. He goes to Cleveland. He was a force in Cleveland, but he did suffer a couple of injuries over there, and you know, so we're we're seeing all these different things. And and now he goes over to Baltimore, where I think he could be a really good fit. John Harbaugh knows how to utilize guys. Yeah, they, here's the thing. There's uh, the David Ajabo pick. Yep. I don't know if he's quite ready, right? But he was just, very raw coming out. Right, and, yep. and with the injury, you know, maybe they're still, you know, having some concern with that. But Calais Campbell not being there also. Mm-hmm. Right. They lost them. They lost him. So now here's another player that we can bring in at that same, you know, caliber, right, to get some of that same production and still, you know, be a force on defense. And I hate, I hate to do it to you, Alex. I hate to do it. It breaks my heart. But it was Vincent Smith that he, that Jadavion Clowney popped. Yeah. In that helmet okay. off. 
and I remember I, I was watching the live, and I all due respect to Vincent Smith because he popped right back up mm. when he got destroyed and he you know his helmet came off. He popped right back up. I thought he was done. Right, <laughs> but and I think. Vincent Smith's career ended right, even though he popped back up. His career ended, and Jadavion Clowney is like he stole his career, right? And uh, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, to, and onto the to the next level. It's like he took everything that Vincent Smith had. Uh, I feel bad for Vince. Yeah, I hope you're doing all right with yourself, Vince, because everybody <laughs> remembers that clip was on ESPN for decades. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, we're we're gonna have to get a wellness check on Vincent Smith. Yeah. And make sure. <laughs> See if he can still walk. (laughs) Speaking of the Ravens, they've got other stuff going on. So their corner, Marlon Humphrey, he undergoes a foot surgery. He was successful, but he's going to miss several weeks of the upcoming season. In turn, the Ravens go out and sign. And this is another guy flying under the radar. Nobody talking about him. Corner Ronald Darby, a one-year $3.2 million deal. Darby is one of those underrated kind of guys. I think he's more more or less like a high-end CB2. Um, and, and, you know, at $3.2 million, I think he kind of, he'll get them through, uh, because Marlon Humphrey has hurt so much. A lot of this, this Jadavion Clowney signing starts to make a lot more sense. I think the Ravens are going, all right, let's just make sure we have good enough corners to cover and let's just get that front seven, just blitzing the hell out of people. And, and we'll, we'll. Make up for it and and blitz zero, blitz zero, blitz zero. That's what I think they're they're looking at. Marlon Humphrey, uh, and then once Marlon Humphrey gets back, there are they're going to have all these guys, you know, on their on their team, you know, ready to rock. So I mean, yeah. it it could turn out to be a really positive situation for the Ravens if they can get past this this uh, uh, issue with Marlon Humphrey being hurt. So I mean. It could be a good one. Boots, Marlon Humphrey, I mean, him being gone, Ronald Darby coming in, you know, it's all starting to make a little bit of sense, right? Yeah, get 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 well soon, Marlon Humphrey, because the Baltimore Ravens, they're gonna be all right. The oh, defense yeah. will be just fine. And when he and when Humphrey comes back, they'll be even better. So as long as Darby stays, you know, does what he does, right? Sort of like a uh like a, a you know the band-aid bullet wound type of deal the backup yep. quarterback hey just you know do what you do don't try to don't try to be him just do what you do we know what you can do or else we wouldn't have brought you here yeah right and just be you just do enough yeah do exactly. enough to get get you know go 500 yeah <laughs> that's yeah. kind of what it is yeah. and and i think that's kind of what they're looking for also, the Ravens, they get a little bit of a oomph here, and and this is another guy that I, availability and reliability. The Ravens running back, J.K. Dobbins, he's activated off the pup list. Um, I feel like he's almost always on the pup list. Uh, every mm-hmm. season we're talking about J.K. Dobbins being on the pup list or being on IR. Yeah. Um, he's back, supposedly healthy. We're going to see how J.K. Dobbins turns out. Uh, this man has not been healthy for, what, three years now. Okay. I, I mean, he's just... Yeah, I, I feel like like, you know, he he's the like permanent resident in the injury ward. Yeah, yeah, he's he's like the grandpa from Willy Wonka. Like the season <laughs> starts and he starts dancing around. Hey, you know, like let's it's, go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> maybe he just didn't feel like going through training camp. You know, and then yeah. oh, training camp's over. Hey, all right. <laughs> you know, but that's that's kind of what what uh, J.K. Dobbins is starting to look like. I mean. 
he's always hurt. Um, I, I hope that for his sake, he's healthy, but you know, I, I would put my money on Gus, the bus right now, still Gus Edwards, but I have a little more to say about this later, but, uh, Dobbins is, he could be great. He could, could be. be, you know, even when he was injured last year and was destroyed, still putting up five yards of carry just about, Yeah, it, you know, it shows what he can do. You know, if he's healthy, man. Yeah, that. and that's the imperative thing, if he's healthy. Yeah. You know, it's always going to be the thing uh, when it comes to him. Uh, running back that is healthy, that gets signed to a deal because a guy doesn't feel like uh, showing up to camp right now, um, Raiders go out and sign running back Damian Williams as Josh Jacobs remains a holdout from camp for a new deal. Uh, you know, I don't blame Josh Jacobs for wanting a new deal. He led the league in rushing last year. Um, he was outstanding. He was outstanding running back last yeah. year. They didn't uh, pick up his fifth option. Yeah, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, but then they dumped the franchise tag on him. He doesn't want to be there unless they give him a proper deal, and I don't blame him. He deserves every penny. Uh, but Josh Jacobs, I mean – He's a holdout. Damian Williams comes in. I, we've seen Damian Williams. He's been an, another guy, journeyman guy that's been yeah. all over this league. Yeah. Uh, played for that Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs team, if you remember, a couple years back. So I, I like Damian Williams. Power back, likes to lower the shoulder, likes to hit guys. That's what he's there for. Uh, but Josh Jacobs, what, what say you, Boots? Well... Josh Jacobs, he came out and said something to the effect of, I don't, I can't quote a chapter and verse. I've earned enough money to be able to sit at home yeah. for, you know, however he wants to sit at home. And if you hear that, you might, you know, okay, let's go sign somebody else. Because if he's not budging in the organization, if Jacobs isn't going to budge, the organization isn't going to budge, well, what have we got? Well, right. we got Zamir White. Okay, he's he's a good running back, and that's a guy that I thought he was going to be the guy. Yeah. You know, yeah, because yeah, he but, he looked damn good yeah. in relief of Josh Jacobs when Josh Jacobs went down with injuries. Amir White looked great. Yeah, but here's the thing: Josh Jacobs, when asked to do, and I'm as guilty as anyone else last season. I thought, oh, Josh Jacobs, ah, oh, nope. Yep, he proved everyone wrong. Yep, especially the organization. And now you don't want to give me a, a, a new deal. I understand completely where he's coming from because Josh mm -hmm. Jacobs, he put he did what he was able to do and guided it. Um, he scored when he was supposed to. He did everything that was asked of him and beyond. Yep. He kept them in games. He continued to to continue to keep drives alive, getting first downs, touchdowns, and and just doing what he was supposed to do. And they screwed him over on this one. I mean. Well, it's just like they screwed over Derek Carr. Yes, they did. They they screwed so, him bad yeah. on this one. I, yeah, the coach uh, Tony Basaccio screwed him over too. Yep. So maybe it's a maybe it's an organization. Yeah. Maybe it's a Vegas thing. Maybe it's yeah, a Vegas yeah. thing. Speaking of Vegas things, Alex, I know you and I have talked at length about this one. X Raiders. Hey, what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. <clears throat> uh, apparently not. Apparently not. Receiver Henry Ruggs is sentenced to three years in prison minimum. For the fatal DUI crash, uh, we covered this quite a bit on our show. We've talked about all the the craziness surrounding Henry Ruggs. Um, you know, Vegas. I don't. Ever since they put a team out there, I feel like there has been 
DUIs and assaults and everything under the sun, even when players travel out there, <laughs> Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are fights and, and assault charges and mm-hmm. drunk driving and, I, I mean, you name it, mm-hmm. it's going on in Vegas. Yeah. I feel like it could have been, it quite possibly could be one of the worst things in the world that they put a team in Las Vegas. With these guys, yeah. that, these young guys that got yeah. all these millions of dollars, yeah. I mean, am I am I missing that something there? I I think this this is Vegas is an awful place for a young man to go to play, and and yep. listen, I've got a personal experience with with Vegas that goes into the man. When I tell you some some stuff that that we went through after a trip to Vegas. It was like maybe like maybe we shouldn't come back out here. Yeah. Okay. So it was, and I and I say that jokingly with the what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. We've been taught all these years, and 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 everybody says it. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So maybe guys go in with that mentality, which right? is horrible. With with this, I can do anything that I want mentality, mm-hmm. and you hope that you know Henry Ruggs the third man. You, you just feel awful for. The entire situation, yeah, for the family, the, the you know, the dog, the, you know, the, everything. The, nobody, nobody came out good in, in in this. His girlfriend even got hurt. The situation, terrible. Man. You know, he he got hurt. His girlfriend got hurt. The 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 lady and her dog got killed. Uh, all the cars got totaled. I mean, yeah. like he's yeah. hundred and was a hundred and fifty six or something like that. He was he was going over a hundred and forty miles an hour. Right. You know, it's like if you want to do that, hey, there are places that you could go. I mean, I, I doubt that, you know, any NFL contract would allow you to go do something. It's, but there are structured events that you can go do something like that. Right. And not just be on the strip or on the street and doing that. So, man, I, it's terrible. Yeah. You know, does it, I, re- I, re- I really only have one thing to say about it. And, you know, and it's. Oof. The big oof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good luck, Hank. Yeah, yeah, just just terrible. Um, next up, uh, the Rams out west. There still, uh, the Rams go out and sign and bring back a very underrated safety and Josh Johnson down a one year deal. Uh, Josh Johnson was a Ram. He played on uh, those Super Bowl teams and and whatnot. Josh Johnson, special player, comes over to Cleveland, plays a year in Cleveland, leaves Cleveland, comes back to the Rams. I think Josh Johnson, he understands the McVay system. He's been there. He understands what they're looking for him to do. He's actually a really, really great safety that that people just don't talk about enough. I like Josh Johnson a lot. And he likes the West Coast. Yep. So, mm. He went through that Cleveland winter. He said, oh, no. No, not doing all that. <laughs> oh, no. I'm <laughs> not doing all that. <laughs> Hey, the, I've, I've long said that the Rams need all the help they can get. They are definitely, uh, they're a dumpster fire, uh, quite possibly the small, the, the most stark turnaround in NFL history, going from Super Bowl winner to bouncing from bouncing from the playoff contention within seven, was it seven weeks or nine weeks? It was, it was a very early exit. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, very early. Um, you know, the, the Rams are, are a disaster right now. Josh Johnson is going, you know, I, I feel like the Rams are just trying to get through those next few years boots. You kind of alluded to it a few episodes ago where we talked about how, okay, they've got a window, 
You know, they won a bowl, and now they've got a five-year window where the fans are going to be satisfied, and then they're going to get a little unruly in year six. And and that's kind of what oh, I think yeah, the Rams yeah. are looking at right now. They're trying to put the pieces back together after they, they sold the farm for a year to go win everything, and now here we are. They they realize they're in a full rebuild. Um you know, but here's the thing about the Rams when they when they when they uh, got rid of those picks and, and whatever, they had already drafted well enough right in the late rounds to got you know to get them through a rough patch yes what, be, that they knew was gonna was gonna come yeah they knew it was on the way yeah and uh, and the draft picks that they had this year once again solidified that they pl- they planted some really good seeds you know and watch them grow right. And yeah. and that's where I'm at. I I, I think that is uh, um, that's what I think the Rams are doing. And if you see some of the trades that they've made recently too, and some of the moves that they've made, they've actually wound up with some decent draft picks for the future as well in the earlier rounds. So hopefully, uh, for the Rams' sake, we'll see them turn it around relatively quick before the uh, the LA fans start rioting. Um, also speaking of a guy that likes the West coast a little bit more, not really the West coast, but he likes the heat in the desert Cardinals tight end Zach Ertz. He's been cleared for football activity. He's set to start week one. He had a knee injury last year. We had a lot of questions about whether or not Zach Ertz was going to be ready for the Cardinals starting week one. It turns out he will be. Uh, I think this is excellent for Kyler, Kyler Murray and company. This is excellent news for the Cardinals. Zach Ertz was excellent last year when um, when called upon before his injury. Uh, you know, he he's actually one of the better tight ends in the league. Uh, he had, had a, a little bit of a red hot streak there for a minute before that injury took oh, yeah. place. Uh, so I like this this uh, a lot. I'm very happy for for Kyler Murray and company because he needs all the help he can get out there in Arizona. Boots, what say you? Mm, if there was any time to for a bad time to come back from an injury, this is probably it. Yeah, yeah it is. Because, brother, you are coming back to a team that is not going to be the same. The offense has changed, and, you know, you're going to get up to speed with a backup quarterback because it could be the rookie Clayton Toon mm-hmm. or it could, could be Colt McCoy. But, you know, it, it's Colt McCoy all in. There's a change in regime. It's a whole lot of just, ugh. Yeah, right. It's a mess. Yeah, and they're looking at you know bottom of the barrel. They're probably going to have a, the worst record in the league. And good, good luck, Zach. Yeah, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> you're glad you're back. Well, here's what you're walking into. Yeah, he's, he is kind of walking into a disaster zone here. Um, and then uh, we got the Dolphins' defensive tackle Christian Wilkins. He is now staging a hold-in while negotiating a new contract with the team. Alex. Christian Wilkins, uh, one of the better defensive tackles in the league. I mean, I I don't know that he's going to go out and get Ed Oliver money here, okay? But we just saw an offensive guard get paid $18 million. I think Christian Wilkins is amongst the amongst the, amongst the, the same realm there financially. About $18 million for a defensive tackle seems about right, especially one of his caliber. Alex, what say you? Yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, Ed, you know. You're right. I mean, Ed Oliver money sounds, you know, I hear that term. It's kind of like Dak Prescott money. Uh, but <laughs> Ed Oliver, I think, is worth every penny. But Ed Oliver also, yeah. Ed Oliver, it's also very much younger. Yeah. And he also mm-hmm. paid, I mean, and he produced, he produces big time. And yeah. Christian Wilkins produces, but is he Ed Oliver? I don't no. Know. 
Well, I mean, he's, he's definitely one of the more entertaining players in football. Uh, def, you know, if you ever heard him on mic'd up, but, yeah. uh, but I think, um, you know, I, th- I think $18 million is fair. And, you know, the dolphins are going to need a prolific defensive player, uh, you know, to, to, to protect, uh, well, not to protect Tua. that's the offensive line, but you know, to get, to, to get to the other guy, yep. you know, uh, the, you know, when when you have a key piece of of your team, you know, staging a hold in or a hold out, whatever it is, it's not you know it's not helpful, you know. And you got you got you got to figure it out, guys. Well, you got you got to you got to meet in the middle somewhere. I almost feel like a hold in is worse than a hold out because if you do a hold in, you're still getting paid. You know, you show you showed up. You're just refusing to take the field. There's no fine associated with that. That's why guys have started. You know, staging hold-ins. We saw it with Justin Herbert. Now we're seeing it with Christian Wilkins. That's why the hold-in thing is kind of become popular. Oh, I'm going to show up, but I'm going to create this bad aura at practice and be a dick now. You know, <laughs> I almost yeah, I almost feel like it's worse. Not only are you losing money, but now I got to look over at him just scowling at everybody on the sidelines. <laughs> you know, like, when when guys do the the hold-in, there here's the thing: they're at least there with their teammates. And most of the teammates will side with their, you know, brother right, in arms, right? right? They'll they'll side with the guy and they'll say, we understand, because at some point I might have to do what you're doing. Yeah. Right? But here's the thing about the uh, the Dolphins. Name a player on the defensive line of the Miami Dolphins. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, somebody that pops out, okay, yeah, we got to pay attention to him. On this play, we got We have to. Yeah, he's it. He's it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's it. So if he's the one that you that you scheme for, and you have to, you know, make sure that you account for on every single play, that's the guy that you need to pay, right? Miami. Yeah. So yeah, you know, do what you got to do to get this guy on the field because the Miami Dolphins defense, Vic Vangio, as a great of a, a coordinator that he is. They're going to be without Jalen Ramsey mm-hmm. now yep. for, for a while. For a while, till December. Right? To the, so, look, we need to get at least the the front line set, yeah. right? The you, defensive line you, set. You better get Wilkins there. Yeah. 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 So. And last but not least, the, the big uh, weird news, in, in the weird football news, uh, former NFL offensive tackle Michael Ower. Uh, has he's known for the movie The Blind Side. If you've seen that movie, it's an excellent movie. He sued his former adopted parents, uh, Sean and Leanne Tui, uh, to end their conservatorship. Uh, apparently, according to to what my understanding is, and, and don't quote me on it, but at a very young age, they had him go ahead and sign a conservatorship saying that they could make money off of his likeness. Um, the the Tuies have said, well, we didn't really make any money off anything with the associated with the Blindside movie or anything like that. But you know, it, Michael is is apparently uh, reportedly very upset because of the fact that they told him that this conservatorship was just like an adoption, and that in you know he w- they were adopting him into their family, and that's what it was going to be. And as it turns out, Michael Ower was never actually truly adopted by them the way that it was depicted in the Blind Side movie. Obviously, the Blind Side is is a critically acclaimed movie. Uh, uh, you know, Sandra Bullock won a won an Emmy for it, if I'm not mistaken, or an Oscar. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it was it, it was a really big deal. 
Michael Ower has been a great player, or he was a great player in the NFL. I don't know if he's still around. I think he's retired now, but yeah. he uh, he was a great player, and 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 he was he was very upset about this movie. And it was funny that we were, we were actually talking about it off air. You know, he was very upset that in the movie he was depicted as kind of a dummy, and 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 he was he was depicted as kind of a dummy, and he was he was upset about it. But I, you know, like I I hate to play devil's advocate here. Okay, and I, I I hate to do this, but you sign this conservatorship, and, and you know you you went and signed this conservatorship, and then after you signed the conservatorship, you know I, I mean are you really that smart of a guy? Like you're kind of a dummy for signing it, right? <laughs> I mean, well, here's the, here's the other thing too. I mean, were you coerced into signing it? You know, did you did you fall for the hook and did you fall for the hook for uh, oh we're we're adopting you you know this is just these are just official adoption papers and you know although no, it turns out uh, you're just we're just looking to make some money off of you because you know, there's a script being written about you so you know you, you kind of there's there's I mean I guess on the one part you know it's kind of a dummy but on the other hand it's like uh, you know there's there's some funny business going on in the background. What say you, Boots? Here's the thing: when you are a mature, you're a, you're an adult. These are these were adult people who knew what they were having this young man sign, right? You're signing over your image and likeness, in, maybe into perpetuity. Now we don't have access to the to all the paperwork and you know and all the the legal stuff because you know we are where we are and they are where they are and you know, it's just, you know, we're just kind of commenting on it, right? We, we haven't done any, you know, 2020, you know, investigative journalism on this thing. We're just kind of, you know, seeing from the, from afar, but just seeing mm-hmm. far, it's exact. It, it seems like exactly what you just said. And they are taking advantage of someone who they probably felt like was going to earn millions of dollars at some point playing professional football. So to me, it seems like they were taking advantage of someone who, who maybe didn't read all the fine print in the contract, right? Yeah. Who maybe didn't understand everything that they were putting. If if they had treated him equally and had done right by him in this situation, I don't think Michael Orr would be coming after them. Yeah. Well, not only that, I feel like it's a little personal. Yes. But, you know, it's very personal that that – they didn't actually adopt him, right? You know, and he he was under this this feeling, this this thought yeah. that that they were adopting him, and, yeah. and they ne- didn't actually adopt him, right? You know, and and it he feels like they were using him, yeah, and he he's hurt by that. So I mean, this is a like almost like a personal lawsuit where he's just like like flipping him the bird now. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's that, yeah. and yeah. and you know, I I it's just a strange situation. I. I it's it's a little it, the whole thing's a little like convoluted and and just crazy. Feels, like, it it feels like they own him, so to speak. Yep, and, and he's I, you know he's and gonna I get a little cringy at that. Yep, thought he's gonna end that conservatorship for sure. I I I don't think there's any doubt that that that's gonna wind up getting ended. And the, the two E's have come out recently and said, well, if he wants to end that conservatorship, we can't. Well, that's what they come out and said, but have yeah, you done it? But they haven't done it exactly. So I, we're we're kind of it, it just kind of like uh, draws parallels to Britney Spears if you really think about it. 
Yeah, it's almost exactly what it is. I, I mean, it's it's a weird situation, um, and, and and I want to see where this thing goes. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have even made the news. Michael Orr probably sent a text or a phone call, hey, uh, you know, here's what's going on. Can we end this thing? Oh, yeah, sure, Mike. If it was that, not big of a deal. Right. Right? We probably wouldn't even be hearing about it. Right. But apparently, you know, maybe the money was too good to the uh, to the to the people here that um, decided, well, maybe we should, you know, hold on, hold off. Right. right? Let's consult our lawyers. Well, no. If yeah. he wants to end it, end it. Right. Right. If you want to do right by the guy. Yeah. It's it's just weird. I mean, they, I mean well, if they want to do right by him, they would have adopted him in the first place. There you go. You know. So <clears throat> with that, that's our news around the league. Um, so what I want to do here is I want to take a quick break. And then uh, we're going to jump in. We're going to talk about our impact players. One offense, one defense, one rookie for every team. Also, Boots has Boots Bets coming around the corner right oh, after shoot. break. So we're going to kick it off with Boots Bets when we come back. Uh, so we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. Uh, you know, we have a special, uh, uh, a better in the house. A special. <laughs> a man who loves to go out and make some of the best bets in all of college ball. And that is our resident bootleg better. Boots, you've got some of the best bets in college football. Um, I want to hear them, and I want to hear them right now. Well, thank you very much, Scotty. Here's the deal. I've got uh, some bets for the entire uh, college football season. We are doing this live here right hold on. Uh -oh. live here right now. Here's the thing. I have been concentrating purely on uh, the Big Ten and the Metcon. In the MAC conference. Sure. Okay. Those are, you know, these were the games that were on the DraftKings platform, the sports book, as of from June 19th to July 4th, 2023. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I'm known as the bootleg better for one, you know, for the, the simple reason. Hey, we ain't pros out here. No, even the pros only hit about fifty three percent of their of their bet, and th these are professional guys, right? So we figure we don't have thousands, 
to, to, to wager just laying around like they do, right? So we're only betting a little bit here, okay? So for this particular exercise, and these 25, 26 game, maybe just 25, we're betting one U.S. dollar, just one, okay? If you want to come back and get, you know, and get back on and, and you know, bet 5, 10, 20, 25, 50, 100, you do what you want to do, okay? Mm -hmm. But for this live exercise here, we're only wagering one U.S. dollar. Oh, boy. Okay? <laughs> so, on to the games. Okay, in, in action, week zero, I'm, I'm just going to call it week one. I, I hate calling it week zero. There is no week zero. Right. If you're playing games, it's official, right? Yep. So, what we've got here is August 26th, 7 p.m., we've got Ohio University on the road against San Diego State. Now, Ohio is a four-point dog on the road as of uh, July 4th. Well, since then, since that time, they are now a three-and-a-half-point dog. And I'm surprised that's against San Diego State, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Again, Ohio returns their top uh, receiving core and their quarterback, who was injured much of last year. Gotcha. So I think they're going to be that much better. And right now, at plus three and a half, I'm taking the Ohio Bobcats. Plus three and a half. I was going to go play. Here, look, here's, here's another Wheeling thing. and dealing. Here's another thing about uh, the uh, – the, the uh, DraftKings uh, sportsbook platform, which I have no affiliation with other than having an account, by the way. <laughs> they they set it at plus four, and you can go and get an alternative spread, what they call. I don't know what tab it's under, but you can search for the alternative spread, and you can buy a point and get it back to four if you want. Mm -hmm. But I'm taking it at plus three and a half because Ohio is going to be a dangerous team in the MAC conference this year. Right. They were champs uh, last year, so I'm going to take them. Plus three and a half, the Ohio Bobcats right here, right now, in front of God and everybody. That's a, that's a good pick. You know, um, they won four out of their last five. Um, as opposed to San Diego State, you know, winning only three of their last five, um, and you know, each each of Ohio, each of Ohio's victories, um, save for the game against Wyoming, were quite decisive. Um, yeah. You know, they squeaked out a thirty to twenty-seven overtime win against Wyoming on December thirtieth of last year. So, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're going to put a dollar and get some money back, that that's a good pick. Exactly. Exactly. I, I like the way you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, you know, here's the thing. I, San Diego state is, is just one of those, uh, I, I, I don't know that I would take Ohio over them. Mm -hmm. I would take Ohio maybe to cover. Okay. You okay. know, you know, I see that. Yeah, but, yeah. but I, I, I don't know that I would take Ohio as the victor. That, that's mm -hmm. the, now if you're feeling ballsy, go for it. You know, if mm. if, if you want to, you know, be Alex Steele and, and put your balls in the wheelbarrow, walk around with them, you know, you go crazy. Uh, you know, to me, it's it's uh, I still think San Diego is is the way to go there. Yeah. Yeah. OK. All right. All right. Well, next game we got on tap is August 31st, 7 p.m. We got Kent State. On the road at Central Florida. Now, back in uh, June, this game was 
Kent State plus 34 and a half. Oof. Uh, Oof. Beginning of August, it was Kent State plus 33 and a half. So it went down a point. Well, now as we look, it's now Kent State at plus 35. That's a lot. So they're, so they're getting 35 points to beat the UCF Knights. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still taking the use. I'm still taking UCF. I mean, granted, um, you know, Kent State has the better, you know, le- better record of their last five games, but UCF is a, a, a higher tier team in college football. So give me the Golden Knights. I, I don't know that I trust 35. It's hard to trust 35, yeah. brother. Yeah, I don't know that I trust 35. I, I mean, I, I would say Kent State. Penn State covers, but I, I don't I don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't trust thirty five. Yeah. UCF's yeah. going to win that game. Absolutely, UCF's going to going to mollywop them. But the right. the problem is is that you're thirty five points. Yeah, for Christ's sake, yeah. <laughs> you're basically you're basically calling for them to get stomped. Right, right. right. Yeah. See, here's the thing: Kent State, uh, they have zero returning starters on offense. No, like zero. Oof. <laughs> It could hurt them, but it could also help them because there are no bad habits. There's no one who, you know, who's only used to, right? you know, the, the past regime. This is going to be tough to do. <laughs> so 35 is a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of points. That's a lot to ask because, you know, back in, in June, I just said Central Florida. I, I would have I gone. But at 35, we're taking Kent State. Those golden flashes, Kent State is the pick at plus 35. That's the pick. The cover makes sense. Cover. We're going to cover that. We're going to cover that with the Kent State gold flashes. All right. Now, on continuing on August 31st, there is Nebraska. As of June, they were at plus seven and a half on the road at Minnesota. At this point, as we speak, Nebraska is a seven-point dog. So it's gone down half a point mm. in in a month and a half or so. I like Nebraska coming out with Matt Rule and all of those guys giving them everything that they've got. Yeah, first game on the seat, you know, first mm. game. It's it's a divisional the division. It's a conference poem, but who cares about conferences now? Apparently college football is all wacky. Yeah. And they I, don't you know, just this is probably the last year that we get of the feel of real traditional college football. Yeah, it's just gonna be a, a giant conference filled with thirty teams. Yeah. It's and, just gonna be silly. Yeah, and mercenaries and it's pretty much gonna turn into, you know, NFL Europe. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. Right. It's just, you know, gonna be a feeder system with all the transfer portal stuff and, you know, the conference realignments. This is gonna be like the last year of in a sense of real traditional college, college football. Yeah. Yeah. And that sucks. But with that being said um, I like Nebraska to cover a touchdown. Think, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm would, I'm with you there. Yeah, I would love it at seven and you know seven and a hook, but we're not going to do any alternative spreads. You can if you want to, and go get a and go get a half a point. You lose some value, but hey, as they say in the stock game, profit is profit. If you can get it, you can get it. But I'm going Nebraska plus seven on the road at Minnesota. What about you, Alex? What you think? You know, uh, Minnesota's uh, on a on a bit of a hot streak. They've lo- they've won the last four of their five. 
Nebraska typically has not been has been like a, a either a middle of the road or a lower a high low end team in the Big Ten. Um, that said, I mean it makes sense that they would be within seven, but I'm actually going to have you know Minnesota's going to win the game outright and they will cover the spread as well. Uh, prob- it's not going to be ten- it's probably going to be a ten point game. Uh, so it, it'll it'll come down to a field goal, you know, for them to cover their spread. But I'm going to go with Minnesota. I'm I'm kind of on the same level as Boots over here. I you know the the big thing about Minnesota is and and they did lose their starting quarterback this last year, but the one that stood out to me is they lost Money Mo Ibrahim. That's Man. that's the guy that they lost. Yeah. He goes to the Detroit Lions as an undrafted free agent, and I don't think a lot of Detroit Lions fans understand the gem they have in that guy. Yeah. Uh, I had him as a top five drafting running back. He doesn't even go drafted, which I thought was an absolute disaster mistake by every team in this league that didn't consider him. Um, That's and- yeah. The fact, the fact that they got him an unsigned, first of all, it's probably on the cheap. Number yeah. one, the Look, Detroit I- Lions got a steal on it. Giddy smaller and he can't catch the ball well out of the back. Can't I- track it down the field. Either. Yeah. But right. at the same time you hand that ball to that man and he is yeah. electric yeah and and yeah. once he gets he, that he's gonna mow people down he's a he's a wrecking ball yeah it, and, yeah. and he's he I, I they lose him and and the way he performed last year i believe he had 1600 yards last year if i'm not mistaken yeah uh yeah you you lose him that's kind of a big deal i i'm going with boots's uh prediction here i think it's nebraska to to do the touchdown and he came back from that ibrahim uh, came back from the from the injury that he had mm-hmm. and looked just as good, if not better. Yep. So yeah, I'll all in with that guy. Mm-hmm. All right. Next game, we got September 1st. Uh, no time is listed, but we've got Miami, Ohio, the good old uh, Red Hawks on the road against Miami, Florida, the rare Miami, Miami match, mm-hmm. right? They're on the road. <sighs> they were, uh, excuse me, Miami, the hurricanes are laying 17 and a half. And there's been no change. So Miami, Ohio is getting 17 and a half right now as we speak. Uh, Miami's new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. And Miami, Ohio is still got their uh, 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 Brett Gabbert, Blaine's younger brother. Mm -hmm. He's coming back for for a senior season. They've got a strong defensive line and a a pretty strong defense. I think they'll stay in this uh, game long enough. Maybe, you know, to maybe maybe it's competitive early and then later Miami kind of pulls away with the, with the talent differential. Mm-hmm. But I love that 17 and a half. I'm going to take the Miami, Ohio Red Hawks to cover that. And, you know, I I actually go in the other direction. I think the U's got it. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going with you here. I, I think in spite of the fact that they have new coordinators, I think that's going to work in their favor. I think that those, the new schemes over there for the U it's going to be special. Um, They're going to, they're going to have some fun at at one point, you know, it's like, Oh, you're breaking in new guys. And I get it. Yeah. Um, But we've seen so many times where a new coordinator comes in, a new coach comes in and suddenly things are way different and teams are going, Holy crap. What happened? You remember a few years back, and I love to to talk about this one because he's actually, uh, you know, one of those unsung head coaches was Matt Nagy for about two years there. People didn't know what in the hell to expect out of that guy. 
his he had all these trick plays up his sleeve and all this crazy stuff. He saw some of the same stuff out of San Francisco with uh, Shanahan over there. So, I mean, to me, a new coordinator could make a world of difference. You could see a lot of positive changes there. Might be breaking him in, but it could go the opposite way, and I think it's going to yeah. go the opposite way. I think the U's got this one. Okay. What's that so uh, ESPN states that the game's going to be at 7 p.m., Okay. So, uh, so uh, I mean, I don't know if that, that that's going to have a bearing on the proceedings. I'm with Scott. You know, you all day. You know, yeah. I I really I really think that when we're when we're this is an ACC school, yeah. And 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 over the t- over the days over the past couple of years, the ACC has proven to be you know the second of the the second most powerful conference next to the SEC. Uh, but you know. But if you really sit down and think about it, you know, sidebar, SEC equals Alabama and Georgia and everybody else. Right. Whereas, you know, you have Clemson, you have the U, you have Florida State, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh's not a, a you know, they they mollywopped Miami on, on November 26th. So, you know, but anyway, uh, but definitely the Miami Hurricanes uh, will definitely cover that spread and win the game outright. And win it outright, huh? Okay. All right. Well, we move on. September 1st, we got Central Michigan, the Chippewas, on the road taking on the Michigan State Spartans out there in East Lansing. Uh, Back in June, this was Michigan State laying 14 and a half. Then it went to 15 and a half earlier this month. Well, now it's back down to 14 and a half. So Central getting 14 and a half points on the road. Uh, Central, their quarterback situation is a little bit shaky, but yep. they returned nine starters from the defense that only gave up uh, 5.2 yards per play last year. Uh, Michigan State's quarterback, Noah Kim, he's on. He's in his third year, and the, and the tight end will be a target of his. But and the defense got nowhere to go but up for Michigan State because they were awful. Yeah, defensively last year, let so many <laughs> wins, you know, slip away. Stole, stole defeat from the jaws of victory. But uh, <laughs> reminds uh, me of somebody else. <laughs> yeah. I think central defense keeps a minute, and uh, I'm going to take the uh, Chippewas at plus fourteen and a half. State does win the game. Mm-hmm. I'm going Chippewas plus fourteen and a half, just uh, based on defense. I don't blame you for that uh, based on the defensive uh, situation and based on the the poor quarterback play of both teams. Um, But I do have this weird feeling that state's going to pull some weird stuff and they're going to pull this one out. I'm going with state to cover. Mm, Really? Yep. I I have, I have this weird feeling. Uh, I know central always has a tendency to play state and U of M kind of tough. They, they do those things. Whenever they seem to run into each other, they play those interstate teams really tough. Uh, right. But I have a feeling that that Michigan State's going to come out and, and they're going to win. They're going to cover. Um, it's not going to be pretty, and it will be close. It's going to be like, oh hey, they they got fifteen, or they got sixteen. They they won by six. The, it'll be close to the spread, but I'm going with State. I don't, I'm I'm going the other way. I think I think the chip, you know, State will win. The chips will cover. Uh, you know, Mel Tucker is now in his third or fourth year. Uh, you don't have Kenneth Walker the third anymore. Uh, and 
I, I really don't see anybody on that Spartan offense that's that jumps out, you know, and uh, you know, it, it just you know they've they lost three of their last five, you know, so did so did Central Michigan. Um, but you have to also consider the quality of opponents that Michigan State had. I mean, Indiana, you know, basically escaped in a double overtime thriller. Right. Uh, so that could have went either way. So, but but I'm I'm going chips. The chips will cover for that. We'll we'll cover this game. I like it. I like it. You know, they Indiana shouldn't. They, they should have already had put them away in that you know game anyway. Right. It, right. Awful, awful game management at that point by Mel Tucker and the staff. But all right, moving on. September second, we've got Ball State going on the road. Uh, ooh, getting twenty six and a half points as they take on the Kentucky Wildcats. Right. Now, this game, the uh, spread has not moved. It's still Kentucky minus 26 and a half. Uh, Ball State's got new transfer QB, Lane Hatcher, and, and uh, running back Marquez Cooper. Uh, he's really good, by the way. The offensive line is solid. They, they've got good tight ends. And the defense ranked last in the MAC versus the run last year, and they got to replace four or five starters. But, again, nowhere to go but up. Now, Kentucky, at the same time, they're going to have a new offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. They got a new quarterback who's familiar <laughs> yeah. with the OC. But, uh, but again, the strong D only returns five, uh, uh, five starters with new questions at quarterback, especially. You know, how, how fast can he get the chemistry with the receivers, with the entire offense in a game situation, right? Does Kentucky have it in them? to put somebody down by 27 points. I think Kentucky does in this situation. Um, you know, new quarterback and all, mm-hmm. you know, and and I understand that, you know, it's a new coordinator. But if I'm not mistaken, their coordinator is highly touted, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. I, I mean, yeah. this, this is not, you know, a, a new thing. He's, he's a highly touted guy. Uh, former... Former NFL guy, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, to me, I, I and, and the, the only reason I know that is because I, I actually was, was reading about this a while ago. Kentucky, uh, I think they can put down, you know, this. I, I'm going with Kentucky to cover. Uh, I think you're going to see a little more aggression out of Kentucky. Okay. I think you're going to see, see a, a little more... Um, I think they're going to protect that quarterback a little bit. They're going to create a more run-heavy scheme for him. They're going to do a lot more uh, a bulldozing, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they're going to protect him. There's going to be a lot of play action. It's going to be really nice for that quarterback. They're going to keep him safe. Okay. Yep. I'm I'm going with with Kentucky here to cover. Wildcats covering. Yep. All right. What about you, Al? Who? Uh, twenty-six and a half. I mean, that's that's a lot of points. But you know what? Break out the brooms. Kentucky, Kentucky's going to be eating. Kentucky's going to eat. Yeah, it's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's I mean, yeah. The Cardinals, <laughs> they, they're looking up, but you know, maybe they're looking up from the mat, right? Yeah, they're yeah. looking up at the lights. Get this before uh, the rest of uh, Kentucky Blue Nation, whatever they call themselves. Get them before they find out, and this thing balloons out to twenty-eight. Yeah, I'm going to go Kentucky as well, minus the twenty-six and a half. Yeah. All right. Done and done. Next next game on the docket, September 2nd, 
Bowling Green is plus 12 and a half on the road at Liberty. 12 and a half is not a lot. No, it's mm -hmm. not a lot, given the circumstances. Um, you know, the, the, I, I don't believe in Liberty. I don't understand what, what everybody likes about Liberty. Here's what, here's what it was. It was Hugh Freeze mm -hmm. and Malik Willis for those, you know, for those couple of years. Right. And, you know, and it was smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Hugh Freeze went to Liberty to kind of rehab the image from the old Miss stuff and, you know, all the improprieties. But that was before NIL and everybody had their hands in the pot. But they shed the light on Hugh Freeze. He had to go away. And, you know, he told them, oh, this isn't just a stopover job. He said everything he needed mm -hmm. to say to sell them to, to, to sell himself yeah, to that, the people. That, that, that CVS receipt of goods. There. Yeah, exa exactly. You know, this long <laughs> sheet you can wrap, you know, a shoebox in. But here's the thing. Uh, Liberty, without him and without Malik Willis, they're not that great. Yeah. So... I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and come out with it. Yes, I'm taking Bowling Green plus 12 and a half. They're one of the better teams in the MAC, and they're going to play fundamental sound football, and it's going to be a little bit too much for Liberty. They might even win the game, to be quite honest. Yep. But I'm definitely taking Bowling Green. What about you? I am actually going to get interesting with this. Uh-oh. Mm-mm. Oh. Bowling Green wins. Okay. Just straight up. Straight, straight up, up wins. Yeah. I'm taking Bowling Green on the money line. Okay. On that one. I like uh, it. I don't even I don't even think Liberty covers. I think it's it, it's gonna be an upset. Yeah. Bowling Green all day. Yeah. I love the quarterback Connor Basilak from mm -hmm. what he was at Missouri last year, he was at Indiana. Now he's you know, this journeyman, young journeyman who's you know, who's pretty good, right? He's he's not terrible. So go ahead, Alec. What you got? I'm going the same route. Uh, I think Bowling Green, Bowling Green wins the game outright. Yep, I, I, I Liberty lost their la lost four of their last five. You know, so you know, yeah. Granted, Bowling Green lost three of their last five, but there you go. Uh, based and I'm based on the uh, things we already said. Bowling Green wins. Yeah, I agree. All right, all right. September 2nd, we continue Utah State, the Aggies, on the road at the University of Iowa. Mm. Now, what time is that, is that game, Alex? Is that uh, right? 12, 12 p.m. It's noon. So, so you've got a, a uh, West Coast team traveling East Coast, right? You've got the time difference, the, the mountain, you know, that yeah. mountain time difference coming, in, coming over to, to Iowa. Here's the thing. Back in June, this thing was, again, Utah State uh, was getting 20 and a half points. Well, now this thing is out to Utah getting 23 and a half points. Mm -hmm. And I don't see where Iowa gets all of this offense. No. 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 I, I, did, I, did you guys see Iowa last year? They were practically anemic. Yeah. And now the, apparently it's in the. the the OC's contract, he's got to get a certain amount of points per game. Maybe, maybe that's what they're basing it on. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> it's an incentive deal. You better start throwing, you yeah. better start throwing Hail Marys every fucking play. 
Right. <laughs> they, they got new, you know, new. It's a new quarterback. We got uh, former Michigan quarterback. Um, Kay McNamara. Kay McNamara. Excuse yep. me. Yeah, he's he's coming over. I didn't see anything from Kay McNamara that would let me know that you know the ball was gonna you know get more vertical. Meaning proof positive he wasn't the guy anyway. Yeah, the man can't read a defense. We've seen that in the past. I am going to just flat out say it, it, I don't see Iowa winning this game by more than maybe thirteen to fourteen points. I could say that's seven. generous. I, I that's I think seventeen is. Woo, that's twenty would be like the ceiling for me. Yeah, so, yeah. I no, yeah. I I can't. No, I don't trust Cade McNamara. I don't, and and really with Iowa losing the tight ends that they that they lost in the draft, and I, I mean, there's a lot going on there in Iowa. I'm yeah. not sold. Right. There's no. It's yeah. it's going to be bowling shoe ugly. Not, not to mention all of the the uh, is it Iowa or Iowa State with the gambling as we're talking about waging yeah, the gambling. Yeah. yeah. If, yeah, I'm. If, I'm with. Yeah, we're all in agreement. We're good. We're gonna take the Aggies yeah. at plus twenty three and a half. <laughs> that's, oh yeah, they'll co- they'll cover that easy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. nothing. All right, all right. Let's continue. We've got Fresno State, September second, noon. Fresno State on the road at Purdue. The Boilermakers laying six. Well, here's well. Wait a minute. Update. The Purdue Boilermakers are now laying four. And look at that. And and the, and Fresno State has a twenty five percent chance of victory of, yeah. of, against Fresno. Against Fresno, here's the thing: Fresno lost a quarterback, Jake Hayner, and and, and uh, yeah, the the receivers, Jalen Cropper, and, the, and those guys. They lost that, but Purdue also lost their coach, Jeff Rom. He he went on back home to Louisville and. There's no Aiden O'Connell there. There's no Charlie Jones at at quarterback and receiver, respectively. So Purdue is kind of starting over. Fresno State's kind of starting over. I don't know where this money is coming in on Purdue like that. I, I think Purdue dominates. I'm going Purdue by double digits. Ooh. Double digits. Oh, yeah. Man. I mean, I, I don't I, – I mean, I see it. You know, I mean, D- D- Purdue is much more prolific than Iowa. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, it's here's Fresno the thing. State, for Christ's sake. You know, it's Fresno State. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not like we're talking about Purdue taking on Iowa. You know, it's it's Fresno State. Purdue, all day, double digits. It's, mm. I, I just, I don't see it. I don't, as, and as soon as you said, it's down to four points. It was at six, and I thought that was silly. Now that I'm hearing yeah. it's down to four, I'm like, what are these people smoking? I'm Purdue, double digits, baby. Double digits. Okay, here's the thing. Purdue isn't ready to lay uh, a touchdown to anybody at this point, but I, it's, it's hard for me. I would have, a, a month and a half ago, I would have gone Fresno State at plus, at plus six, and I would have taken them again at plus five and a half when it was early in the month, but... Now it's all the way down to four. <laughs> I understand all the way down to four, huh? What do they know? I, they got new quarterback Mikey King, U.S. Uh, UCF transfer, mm-hmm. and the you know the defense is is okay, but you got a noon kick. You got West Coast going East Coast for a noon kick. Man, at, at four, this is this is tough for me. This is one I would probably just stay away from. Oh, for sure. But I, I, but 
it's since we're we're doing it and it's live and it's one US dollar. I'm just gonna I'm not going with any spread. I'm just gonna take Purdue to win the game straight up. Yeah, for sure. I, and, and, that's a safe bet. Yeah. But yeah. uh um you know that's I, I, just, I would avoid it. I agree with you. I would avoid it just, just to be on the safe side. But, yeah. like, if I'm going to go and, and look at that game and, and I have to bet on it, I'm letting my, my balls hang. I'm, gonna go, <laughs> I'm going out there and I'm going to say, all right, baby. Here's, 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 a tid, here's a tidbit for you. So Fresno State lit, wins all five of their last games, right? Who did they play? UNLV, Nevada, yeah. Wyoming. Yeah. Boise State with the blue turf and Wazoo, Washington State. Purdue's last five games, they lost two of their last five. However, those two losses came against Michigan in the Big Ten Championship, and Louisiana State mollywhopped them. So, you know, you really can't, you know, I've said, you know, uh, you know, winning their last five. The quality of opponents is vastly different with Purdue than it is with Fresno state. Exactly. So with, when, when you take that into consideration, pretty safe bet to just take the money line with Purdue. All right. Well, let's do that. Then we move on September 2nd, noon, Northern Illinois on the road at Boston college. Uh, earlier, uh, when we were speak June, they were at, they were a 10 and a half point dog on the road. Northern Illinois was the Huskies are now a nine-and-a-half-point dog. So somebody knows something, and I think they all know what we know, and it's that Boston College shouldn't be laying over a touchdown to anybody. Anybody. Especially especially you just lost your best receiver. Right. You just lost your best receiver to the draft. Yeah, and Phil Jerkovic, the quarterback, he transferred out. Right. So – I don't see where I don't see where this where this is coming from. Yeah, I, I but to me they shouldn't be laying more than five. Exactly. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah. silly as shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it the, the, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. I want to go uh, plus if it was at plus ten and a half, I just go ahead and and, uh, and take the points. Yep. But I think I think the Huskies just flat beat them. They just money line. I think I'm just going just, just win the game outright. Yeah, yeah, I think they win the game outright. Boston College hasn't shown anything. Yeah, I and agree. Northern Illinois consistently for the last decade has been one of the better teams, not only in the MAC but in the country. Mm-hmm. They play sound fundamental defense. They play sound fundamental offense. They don't beat themselves, and they and they can overpower you when they have to. Yep, they're so, they're very they're a very middle of the road team, but they're still a dangerous team. Still a dangerous team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that's I, I, I would not be surprised to see Northern Illinois ranked in the top twenty. You know, if we were if we were talking Boston College last year, maybe we're having a different conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This year, not yeah. so much. Not so. You much. know, that's, that's not, not happening. So much. No. So yeah. All right. So we're all in agreement. We're taking uh, Northern Illinois. Taking yep. the Huskies. Yep. All right. Now we move on. We've got Michigan, the Wolverines at home, as they are laying at this point 35. It was 36 and a half a month and a half ago. Now they're only laying 35 to the Pirates of East Carolina. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <clears throat> so <clears throat> here's the deal. <laughs> as a Michigan fan, you know, you, 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 I've said this for years. 
Michigan always gets cupcake games for the first three weeks, and then Big Ten play starts. But then, really, the big challenge is always Michigan State, and maybe Penn State if it's if it's beforehand. So, really, as a Michigan fan, you expect them to completely mollywop East Carolina. You know, thirty-five points is like when you see that. I mean, it's almost impossible to resist, you know, taking, you know, having East Carolina cover that spread because the spread is the size of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, <laughs> and, you know, we still have JJ McCarthy, you know, Blake Corum's coming back. So, you know, turn on the jets with there. And then you have Donovan, you still have Donovan Edwards uh, and you still ha- and uh, what's to say what's the status of that offensive line? That's the question I have. And uh, yeah, you know, so it's 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 given the fact that it's still a cupcake game, given the fact that it's Michigan, given the fact that they're ranked number two to start the season, I am still having a very hard time getting away from a thirty-five point spread. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I think I, I might, I might be, I might be on something like I might be on some, uh, <laughs> I might be on some of that wacky tabacky, but I'm going to, I'm going to have East Carolina cover that spread barely. I don't think they're getting 35. You know, Michigan's not going to beat them by more than 35, 28, maybe. Yeah. And I, that's where I'm at 100% with you. I I'm going about 28. Here's the thing about Michigan. I like JJ McCarthy a lot. Mm-hmm. I, the, the problem I have with McCarthy is quite simply, I think he's more along the lines of an Alex Smith type. I think he's a game yeah. manager. I think that's kind of where he's at and there's nothing wrong with that. He's right. got a hell of an arm. He takes some good risks. He can fit the ball into tight windows from time to time. And he makes some pretty epic throws from time to time. And, and a lot of people had questions about McCarthy's accuracy last year. There was a lot of drop passes last year. Let me, let me just make that clear. But from a running team, yeah, and that's what they are. They're a running team. They are a grinded-out running team, burn the clock, good defense. You know, that's that Jim Harbaugh style of play, right? Yeah. And that's what it's always been. It, it, I have a hard time with a run-first team and a run-first offense that has a great defense, just power run. I have a hard time giving 35 to a run-first offense like that. I, I, I simply, This offense is not explosive. No. They are not an explosive offense. They are not the, the USC Trojans. No. You know, they, they are a, an offense that is – I'm going to grind you into gr- into the ground. Beat I'm going, you up down the yeah, field. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to beat you up in the trenches, and then you're going to feel like shit by the end of the game. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna just beat you that way with with time of possession. We're going to beat you up defensively. We're going to beat you up in the trenches. We're going to send those those running backs at you, and and you're going to have to tackle. And if you don't tackle well, they're going to bulldoze you. I have a hard time doing a 35 spread on that. I, I think, like you said, Alex, 24 to 28 makes a lot of sense to me. But yeah. 35, eh, that, that just seems like the casino trying to grab money. Right. The, the, Here, here's here's yeah. the deal. Here's here's something else to consider. All of Michigan's, of the last five games that Michigan had, you know, all of them were victories. The closest one, obviously, was Illinois. And that's when Blake Corum went down with an injury. Yep. Uh and other other than that, you know, Michigan was scoring anywhere from 34 to 45 points a game. 
And uh, unfortunately, that last loss against TCU, you know, it shouldn't have happened, number one. You fumbled the ball on the one penis line. You fumbled the ball on the last snap of the game. You know, Michigan beat themselves that game. You know, and they're, then they're continuing the bingo card tread of winning the regular season, but not winning a ball game. But but given that, yeah, but it's, yeah, there's no way they're scoring. They're not beating their opponent by more than 35 points. That's ridiculous. Three things here that you, that we have to consider. One, Harbaugh probably not going to be on the sideline. Yep. And they've got uh, co-offensive coordinators, so who's going to get the final call? You know with the two offensive coordinators, Harbaugh got the final call, right? Yep. If he's not on the sidelines doing, you know, well, how's that going to look, right? Mm-hmm. You know, missing key Another thing, you're missing key special teams players. Jake Moody and the uh, at at kicker and, and the punter, sorry, name escapes me, they're gone. Right. So the field position game is up in the air now because Michigan now has to develop and, and reestablish because they were one of the best in the Big Ten at field position and converting in the red zone because that they had one of the, the best kicker in the, in the nation. Bingo. So that's another thing that and now what I've what I've just learned, the clock does not stop in college mm-hmm. anymore at first downs. Right. So that's how Michigan's gonna get that bread and butter, grinding the clock, grinding it out. So you're gonna lose two to you know I'm not a mathematician, ten, but about lose, ten seconds or so. Yeah, and you're gonna lose multiple possessions per game. Yep. So that lends itself to not only unders, but it lends itself to a team covering 35. Especially one with a grinded out offense. Exactly. Yep. So we're going to take the Pirates plus 35. I might kick myself. I thought it was going to go out to 38 by kick, you know, but I guess nobody's nobody. <laughs> at, th- at 38, you're you're entering the realms of fantasy at that point. Yeah. Exactly. Come on, man. Exactly. So, all right. Next up on the docket, September 2nd, we got Akron on the road at Temple. The Owls. Who? Temple, the <laughs> so <laughs> Temple, uh, I they were laying nine and a half uh, at the beginning of June, and now it's up to Temple playing ten and a half, and I don't see Temple beating anybody. Nope, by ten and a half. And I'm gonna tell you something. I don't a, see Temple beating anybody by five and a half, bro. I'm gonna tell you something right here, right now. There's a quarterback in Akron, DJ Irons, mm-hmm. brother. This dude looks like the truth. Yeah. I don't know how they, I don't know how Akron got him and not Alabama or, or some of these other big, big time schools. Yeah. But he's got a big time arm. He can run. He's physical and he makes some good throws. Yeah. I, I, I've seen Mr. Irons there and I have been thoroughly impressed. Um, I actually, I want to, right? I want to take him to win the game, Akron's right? Akron's going to take it. I'm, I'm going Akron on the money line. We're going Akron on the money line. Go ahead, Alex. What you got? You know, um, <laughs> Akron does have a 27.6% chance of winning the football game. And as you mentioned, I mean, if, if Temple's not going to beat anybody by 10 or 9.5, then, you know, why not? Let's 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 roll the dice. Let's put our balls in the well, let's put our balls in the wheelbarrow. Let's let's take Akron to win the game. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Just, All right. Just let that underdog ball 
ball sack swing, baby. That's how we do it. <laughs> That's right. You damn right. All right. So Akron, let's go, DJ. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Iron sharpens iron, brother. All right. Now September second, Ohio State on the road, laying twenty eight and a half at Indiana. Now it was Ohio State laying twenty eight, but now the spread has moved. So. I'm just going to tell you flat out, Ohio State has quarterback concerns mm-hmm. and continued defensive concerns. Now, they got a linebacker, Junior, I can't, it's hard for me to say his yeah. last name, but he is one of the best in the nation. But let me just say this. They have significant concerns along the offensive line and the quarterback spot. You give me 28 and a half at home. I'm I'm taking yeah. the hoops. I'm just saying I'm yeah. taking plus twenty eight. I, I feel like there's two teams in the Big Ten that always get undersold that always give uh, uh, teams like Michigan and Ohio State a hard time. It's Indiana and Illinois. Yeah, I feel yeah. like every time those two teams pop up, you know, everybody goes, "Oh, that's a big fucking win." They're just going to dominate. And then we saw last year, you know, Michigan taking on Illinois. I think it was a three point game. Yeah, you know. So I mean, realistically. Indiana is one of those teams. Like I don't, I don't think they're gonna, you know, make it a three point game against Ohio State. But, but I, I just want to make it clear that I think Ohio State, you are one hundred percent correct, has quarterback concerns. They have, and I'm, let's be frank, they have coaching concerns. Mm. Uh, you know, Ryan Day has, he's got his his nuts this close to the bandsaw. I mean, it, it's it's really a, a tough thing for me to. Say. 28 and a half against Indiana. Right. You want to talk mm-hmm. about, oh, hey, they're going to do it against Rutgers. Maybe we'll have a different conversation. But Indiana? Now, now. Yeah, Indiana has always been a sleeper team. Always. Yep. You know, and it, here's another thing, too, about that, you know, Ryan Day. If he loses to Michigan one more time, you know, he might, he might get the sack. Bro, bold, pre- bold prediction here. <laughs> if if Michigan beats Ohio State three times, three years in a row, day's fired. Bro, yeah, because that you can't have that. No, no, you can't. No. It's just one of those things. Like, bro, like uh, John Cooper was a really good coach. Yeah, but he couldn't get he couldn't beat Lloyd Lloyd Carr in the Michigan Wolverine. What happened to John Cooper? Gone. Gone. Yep. And the big problem, you know, when it comes to uh, 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 when it comes to Ohio State, and and it's what I've noticed the last two seasons is is the game is very competitive in quarters one and two. Yeah. I've noticed that. And yes. then once you get to halftime, and and we talk about that Michigan grinded out offense, that that power run, that I'm yeah. going to beat you up in the trenches. You get to the second half, and Ohio State runs out of gas. Yeah. They're sucking wind here, and they don't know they they've been so beat up. And so, you know, thrown around and just yeah. smashed that smash yeah. mouth football that you're seeing out of this Jim Harbaugh Wolverines, Ohio State. Yeah. Ohio State cannot handle. It. Yeah. They cannot handle the physicality of Michigan. Yeah. They're going to have to find a way to handle the physicality of Michigan because they ran out of gas in the third and fourth quarter last yeah. year and Michigan took advantage of it. Ohio State is is kind of right now. I think that team outside of maybe Harrison and even Harrison, kind of questionable there. Soft. I think they're soft. They are. I really do. I think. I think Ryan Day has. He's got this very pretty, very technically sound. Yeah. 
finessed. you know, finessed offense. And, and it's, but they're not gritty. They're not nasty. They're not those no. guys that, you know, they walk into the room and their deck, their dick showed up 10 minutes ago. Right. You know, they, they mm-hmm. aren't those kind of guys. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I just, I don't see it. I see, a, I, I, it's, it's Kobe Bryant shaking his hand going soft. You know, that's all yeah. it is to me. So I, I'm I'm not taking Ohio State in this situation. I no. I'm Indiana is going to cover the spread. I like that. All right, so we're all in agreement. Let's get going to Buffalo, the uh, the Bulls of the MAC conference on the road at Wisconsin. The Badgers they were laying twenty three about a month and a half ago. Now the Badgers are laying twenty five. The Badgers have a, a new uh, offense going on there, right? Brand new offense. You got new coach yeah. Luke Fickle bringing in that air raid system. Yeah. Offensive coordinator Phil Longo. They're still going to run the ball, but they're going to throw the ball a lot more with Tanner Mordecai coming in at, at uh, quarterback. And I got to tell you, I watched the spring game, and Tanner Mordecai did not look good. No, he is he not. Threw, he threw multiple interceptions. Yeah. Like the quarterback – of Wisconsin through multiple interceptions in the spring game. Yeah, <laughs> and it, here's the thing: I, I Wisconsin has been so focused on uh, just like Michigan that power run. Yeah, they've been trying to get back so hard to that Jonathan Taylor era that just it, it's gone, right. guys. You know, like right. and and so now they're trying to move in a different direction. This is one of those occasions where they don't have the personnel to do something exactly. that they want to do. You know, so exactly. You know, I I don't think Wisconsin can handle it. I I I just they're not going to cover. No, no. I, I I like Buffalo. Look, this third year uh third year coach. They they got running backs, uh, Ron Cook and and Mike Washington back. They got a new offensive coordinator, but the defense uh, forced uh, twenty six turnovers last year. And then you got a guy throwing interceptions in the spring game. Exactly. <laughs> so we're I, so I'm go, I'm going Buffalo plus twenty five. What, right. what say you, Mister Steele? Well, um, ESPN has it as a, a three thirty start. I'm looking at it. Caesar Sportsbook has it at negative twenty seven. Like Wisconsin's wow. a twenty seven point favorite. Wow. Um. So I mean, that's kind of like when when you mention the fact that um when you put that stuff together. I, you, the first thing I thought was, okay, Wisconsin's just going to start swinging the hammer. Twenty-seven points is a lot, and if if they're really like having that much trouble, you know, like the, the Wisconsin's going to win the game. Let's just let's be uh, let's be honest here. But this is this is a that's a trap, especially if if, if uh, DraftKings has it at twenty-five. Yeah. You know, you could uh, you could obviously you can honestly see like a twenty-one point victory for Wisconsin. Meaning Buffalo is going to cover, yeah. so you know you I can I can see that. You know, struggle early with the offense, trying to get it, get keep every get everybody in in position. First game, uh, yeah, yeah. Got to double check what this Wisconsin schedule is. I don't believe they're playing Michigan again. No, I don't think uh, so. <clears throat> but but Wisconsin, like like you said, it's it's a scheme change without the personnel, and that's the problem. Mm. Yeah, that's that's the issue you have here. You're yeah. trying to install a new scheme, but you don't have the guys to do it. Exactly. And, and that, that will and that will forever be the issue that they have yeah. is. And, and yeah. that's that's what goes on when you 
and we see it in the NFL all the time. You get a new defensive coordinator and they switch from a four, three to a three, four, but then they don't have the proper personnel. We saw that in Minnesota this last year, you know, and now, and now what you're seeing is, and that's why Ed Donatel, one of the reasons Ed Donatel failed so bad, you know? And Mm -hmm. so now, you know, Wisconsin has been so power run oriented for, I mean, years, it's been power. eye. And it hasn't been a lot of zone. It's been power run. It's been, I want to pound you in the trenches. I'm going to blast you in the mouth. And it stopped working after Jonathan Taylor got drafted and left town. And they, they're going to struggle here. They're going to struggle to, to cover this. Yeah. I, I, I don't see Wisconsin covering. All right. Well, we are all in agreement there. We're going Buffalo next up, September 2nd, Toledo on the road at the University of Illinois. Toledo, the Rockets, on the road. Now, a month and a half ago, Toledo was an under 10-point underdog, and now they're only a 9-point underdog. Somebody knows something. And I loved 10 points. But I'm going to be honest with you. I still love 9 points because mm-hmm. Toledo is really effing good. And mm-hmm. they just flat beat Illinois because there's no chase down that front back. There's no Sidney Brown at, at uh, defensive back. No, there's defense, no, no Devin, Devin Witherspoon, Witherspoon yeah. in that corner. There, there's no Tommy DeVito at quarterback. Yeah. Even though DeVito was, you know, eh, yeah, right. But that's still a change, right? So, I really do like the Rockets. Yeah, I'm gonna go Toledo here. Yeah. I, I'm gonna take actually Toledo on the money line. Money I, line? Well, let's do it. Yeah, I'm taking Toledo on the money line. I, here's the thing about about, uh, um, and it's gonna be close, but but. Wisconsin, you are right, lost a ton of pieces. Their defense was outstanding last year, but they lost so many pieces on that defense. Yeah. And they're going to have to they're, – they're trying to put the puzzle – they're trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again, and yeah. I, I don't think that they're prepared no. going into the season. I'm actually no. probably going to take Toledo on the money line here yeah. because I don't think that that defense is all that. And Devin Witherspoon not being there. Yeah. Toledo returns 16 starters. Mm-hmm. And the quarterback, Daquan Finn, the receiver, uh, Jerron Newton, Devin Maddox. You got five returning on the O-line. The defense returned seven starters, and they're the favorite to win the MAC by most, you know, experts. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if you want to win the MAC and you want to make a statement, you go out there and you beat the Illinois. Yep. Uh, so, I'm with you. I'm with you. What about you, mm-hmm. Al? You know what? I'm sitting here thinking that. It makes sense for Toledo to uh, cover the spread. Um, and even it makes sense for Toledo to win the game outright, probably by three. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say this Toledo will cover Illinois will squeak out. Uh, it's going to be a hard fought game. Uh, I mean, if, if I'm wrong and the, and the Illini get molly and I'm going to say ten, if they lose by ten, um, that's that's my definition there. If they lose by ten or more, um, obviously, you know, you know, Toledo not only covers but you know they dominated. Then then question marks start to come up, you know, because this is what this would not be the Illinois team that that you know was very surprising last year. Yeah, you know, keeping games mighty close. You know, they lost four of the last five, but. I mean, the, the games were really close, including uh, an SEC team in Mississippi State was a nine-point difference. So, I don't know. I mean, will that same team show up? Maybe. Maybe not. 
Uh, I'm going. I'm going Illinois to win. Toledo to cover. Yeah, see Illinois. That's a perfect. You know what? This is a perfect hedge spot. Also, also the the Akron Temple game would be a perfect hedge hedge spot too, where you where you would take Illinois. Excuse me. You take uh, Akron Toledo to cover. Yeah. Right. But you also take them to win. Yeah. You know, because hey, if, if they only lose by three, hey, at least at least you you, you know you get a push out. Yeah, you get the double whammy. There. They, they, yep. You know, so I would definitely yeah, I'm leaning towards you know going ahead and taking Toledo on the money line also, or excuse me on the uh, to cover also, just to you know maybe get a push there. But yeah, I'm we're all in agreement. Toledo is really good, and uh, breaking in a new quarterback, new defensive coordinator for Illinois doesn't sound good to me. No, not at all. All right. So next up on the docket, West Virginia, the Mountaineers traveling to Penn State, to Happy Valley, to take on the Nittany Lions. We got West Virginia. They were uh, a 20-point dog a month and a half ago. Now, Penn State, it's 20 and a half. It's 20 and a hook. Yeah. Penn State, 20 and a half. Ah, man. I don't know. I don't know. There's a QB battle in West Virginia. The defense gave up 33 points a game last year. Uh, you know, everything is concerning. You got a new quarterback at Penn State. The defense is dominating, the, though, and the, they got the two thing, really good running backs. The thing about Penn State, uh, I, I I think Penn State dominates this game. I do think Penn State covers, um, in spite of the fact that Joey Porter Jr. is gone. Yeah. Yeah, but they they still have some dominant defensive exactly. players left. Exactly, and and, and I, could, I see them win. It. They could win by twenty one. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I could definitely see that. I, you know, it's it's one of those things where where, uh, you know, to me, yeah, I, I I don't think this is in question. I think Penn State and you know they're they're not going to be dealing with Sean Clifford anymore. Thank God. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> uh, whew, yeah, that that's a disaster. But Penn State. I think they, they, they've got this thing under control, especially from the defensive side of the football. I don't know yeah. that the offensive side of the football is going to be, you know, spectacular yet. Yeah. Depends on the quarterback play and the guy that they have coming in. Yeah. Uh, but I can see a strap, you know, a sack, strip fumble, you know, yeah, return for yeah. a touchdown or pick De- six. Defensively, they're yeah. in the right zone. They're sort of like Illinois was last year. Defensively, they, they're they really in control of that defense. I, I, yeah. I'm going Penn State to cover. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Yeah. What about you? We are. We are. Oh, that's my. That's my. uh, That's that's my answer. (laughs) What's he talking about? Oh, oh, oh. oh, Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, September sixteenth, Washington, on the road at Michigan State. A month and a half ago, this was the Washington Huskies, an eleven and a half point dog. Mm Hmm. Now, as we look today, it is Michigan State. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Washington was 11.5 point favorite. Now they are a 12 point favorite on right. the on the road at the Spartans. Um, the offense in Washington is going to be dominant. It's going to be very, very good. But by this point in the season, I think the Michigan State defense will be better and will, you know, respond after, you know, and will be hitting their groove after after a couple of weeks. And the quarterback should be a little more comfortable. I kind of like State 
to cover that 12. I, I don't. I, I think I think mm. Washington all day. A lot of people slept on Washington for a while. Um, you know, now they're coming around. They're, they're getting ready. to. Uh, they're coming to the Big Ten, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so they're getting ready to come to the, the Big Ten. I, I just think that people are uh, have slept on that team for too long. They're they're kind of like like an emerging monster right now. I can see it. I you know what I'm it. saying? And and I, I I don't think people are being very smart sleeping on that team. I I really believe that you're you're looking at a situation where Washington's going to kick the shit out of Michigan State. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I do. Mm-hmm. Are on opposing sides on this. One. I I do. I think yeah. they're going to come in and they are going to just just stomp a mud hole and walk it dry. That's that's the level. <laughs> I, yeah, I can see them winning. Mm-hmm. I can see them winning seven to ten, but twelve. I I, I could see twelve. Mm-hmm. I could see twelve. I I do. I I think Washington's going to going to beat the hell out of the state. I really do. I'm and, going and so much part at home. So many people have slept on Washington. They're making they this is this is gonna be a statement game for them. It is. It's gonna it be is. a statement game. They're gonna come out and they're gonna smack the shit out of Michigan State. And and people are gonna go, what the hell happened in East Lansing? You know, and, and you know Man. Four you, weeks. you're Four. you're gonna get a Mike Valenti meltdown. That's why that's what's gonna happen. Mike Valenti's gonna watch this go on and he's <laughs> to have a fucking meltdown like he did he'll he'll, he'll at least like he, he, I, mean, I don't know if he, I, don't, I don't know if he'll have anything like like 2006 notre dame or yeah. anything like uh 2020 opening season lions he'll have something to say though uh yeah. but but yeah i totally agree that washington will have their way with spartans yeah 100 there's going to be a beating. I, I firmly believe that Washington's going to come in and, and, and smack them around like mm. it's nobody's business. All right. Well, we are on, on the opposite sides on this one. I think Mel Tucker gets the defense going. I think the offense will be a little bit more functional or more, and uh, they will protect the house, so to speak. They can still Not lose. against Washington. They can still lose, but I don't see 12 points, though. You don't see 12? I, I, mm. I can see 10. Ten would be my max given up at home against. Uh, I can easily see two touchdowns. I could see fourteen easy. Four weeks into the season, I could see, I could see him losing by ten. I can't see him losing by twelve. I could be wrong, but that's why uh, we do this, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. If all you got to do is beat him by two touchdowns, that's doable. It yeah, is. yeah, it it's doable. All right, all right. Moving on, September twenty third now. We go 6.30 p.m. We right in prime time because it is the Ohio State Buckeyes on the road at the Notre Dame fighting Irish. This game is still sitting at seven points. It's still a, touch, a touchdown. Ohio State by a touchdown. Seven. Oh, oh seven. man. <laughs> okay, remember last year when Ohio State, you know, uh, struggled against Notre Dame and everybody was going, oh, Buckeyes are here. And then Notre Dame got got mollywopped by yeah. Marshall the next week. Here's the thing. I don't I don't buy Notre Dame because of all the coaching problems, because of the, the you know, I and, and look, I get it's a different time than last year when when your coach basically just walked out the door to LSU and said, fuck y'all, you know, cause that's what he did. He, he just said, well, you guys, yeah. you yeah. know, fuck y'all I'm leaving. And, and he left, but he it, left the cupboard stock. Yeah, yeah. He left the cupboard stock, but he just left. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he did it. He got the guys that were good for him, mm-hmm. 
You know, yeah. like that's what he did. He walks out the door. He goes to LSU, leaves Notre Dame high and dry. I do. I think it's a different. I think. I think seven is. It, I, I actually think Ohio State goes and does more. Really, I do. I don't. Really? I don't trust Notre Dame right now. I don't. I don't trust anything that they're doing. I don't. I don't trust this new coach. I don't trust the the players right now. I I don't. I don't trust Notre Dame. They brought in Sam Hartman out of the transfer portal. Yep. The receiver should step up. The defense will be strong. Mm-hmm. The secondary secondary should improve because they don't they didn't lose a lot of starters. Seven seems like again, I'm I'm putting it on this. Until I see it from Ohio State. Show me something. I, I think Ohio State could do ten. I think I think it's gonna be like ten, eleven, but seven. If there's one team that I'll that the Notre Dame Fighting Irish always quote unquote gets up for it's Notre it's Ohio State it's Ohio State yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going I'm I'm sorry I'm go- I ha- I cannot stand Notre Dame let's just get that I cannot stand them <laughs> but I'm not doing this for them I'm I'm doing this for Marcus Freeman go out there beat those Buckeyes I'm taking Notre Dame plus seven what you got Alex you know I think that's that's pretty fair I mean it's I mean, especially since you're losing CJ Stroud, you're losing, you still, you still, you still, you're losing Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Seahawks. You still have Marvin Harrison Jr., but who do you have at the quarterback spot? You know, it is, it is Marvin Harrison Jr. going to still show up despite the fact that you have a new quarterback. You know, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is a star maker. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's what I think you're going to see this year. Right. And yeah. and that's what I think you're going to see this year. You're going to see the best receiver in the nation making a star out of a quarterback that is brand new. Yeah. You're going to see a star maker. And you're going to see what he's capable of. You're going to see a guy that's going to wind up going probably top five, oh. making a star yeah. out of a quarterback and, and making a guy look good. He's going to be – the the and and this is this one is near and dear to my heart. He's going to be the Chris Carter to the Brad Johnson. Okay, mm, but he's going to bold and and he's going to be out there making stars. Yeah, and yeah. I, I firmly believe that. You know, so we can we can bitch about the quarterback situation in Ohio, but as long as Marvin Harrison's out there, I feel all right. And yeah. and I don't trust. Notre Dame. I don't trust their coaches. I don't trust their their scheme. I don't trust what they're doing. I don't trust their personnel in the new scheme because there's still a lot of players returning to that school. I have a lot of questions about Notre Dame. Okay. I do. I have too many. I think Ohio State wins this game. I think they win it by probably maybe about 11 or 12. I, I think they cover the seven. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Oh, boy. Um, you know, I'm going to go with the Irish to cover, to cover because the line's at minus eight. Um, it, it all comes down to how prolific Ohio State's offense is and how prolific Notre Dame's offense is. I'm going to, I'm going to put my balls in the wheelbarrow and put, and put Notre Dame to cover the spread. It's probably going to be a seven point game. That's why I'm saying that it, I can see this being a seven point game. You get C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba out there. Now it's a fourteen-point game. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. If it's if Jackson Smith and Jigba's out there, 
we're we're having a different conversation. Yeah. Right. You know, the 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 two of them change everything. You know, mm-hmm. like two of them yeah, together. Both those guys out there forget about it. Yeah. Yeah, it changes everything. All right. Well, speaking of changing, let's change games. Because I've already got Notre Dame taking that seven. Let's go September 30th, Michigan. The Wolverines on the road at Nebraska in Lincoln. Now, this game, again, a month and a half ago, it's at 18. Michigan uh, favored by 18. It has not moved. Michigan is still an 18-point favorite. I got to be honest. I think Michigan, this is going to be one of those years where Michigan is going to get everybody's best shot. I agree. Yep. I, I agree. I think Michigan – I could see Michigan by 14. I could see that. I could see Michigan by 10. I could see that. That's about where I'm at. Michigan's not going to cover this. They're going to win, but they're not going to cover it. I'm 100% with you. I could see them just 17. Yeah. And but, point, we're kind of pushing it. Kind of pushing it. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm I'm completely uh, 100% with you. I think Nebraska shows up and shows out, and they cover this 18. Yeah. It'll, it, they'll definitely pack that stadium out for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because because we're because we're the big dogs now, and they're gonna and every all those little dogs are gonna want to take a piece of us. Yep, that's it. Everybody wants some, so that's that's where I'm at. I I'm with you there. I I think Michigan, you know, will they'll win, but they're not gonna do 18. No, not at all. All right, October 21st, we got the game. Well, yeah. not the game, but you know, in state Michigan. On the road, laying 19 at Michigan State. And it was 19 a month and a half ago. Has not changed. It's still the Spartans, a 19-point dog at home. Sparty always plays Michigan tough. Always. Always. And I don't understand, like, like it's like they flip a switch and suddenly, oh, Michigan's here. Let's, yeah. let's fucking go crazy. Yeah. We've lost four in a row by 12, 15. Points, but now Michigan's here. We're yeah. playing them to the last possession. Yeah, we're at last possession. We're going to have it's going to be a six point game. It's yeah, going to no. rain. It, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, your onions are going to be soaked in this one. I look, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to flat out say it's going to be um, much tighter than than what we what we're seeing here it's uh, michigan's gonna win but they're not gonna cover it's gonna be like a six point game i think this is single digits yeah you're talking 19 that's bold yeah it's gonna be a single digit win is it a night i can game? see 14 did they did they change did they make it a night game uh it's still to be determined at this time okay if it's a night game oh they might. But if it's a night game, then the, you, you do bump those stakes up a little bit. I, I will agree. I can I can see ten to fourteen. So yeah, with with a, with a, with a, as if Michigan's a nineteen point favorite, you know, then absolutely, you know, take state to cover the points. But Michigan's going to win. Yeah, I can see that. All right, same day, October twenty first, we got the Penn State Nittany Lions. On the road at the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, Penn State, a month and a half, they were a 10.5-point underdog. Now, it's down to 10. So, it's Ohio State laying 10 at home against Penn State. That's about right, to be honest with you. I could see Ohio, given their offensive problems and Penn State's defense, I still think Ohio State's the better team. Overall, yes. Overall, yes. And and I, I... Honestly, 10's about in the realm, I, I think, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, that's right in the wheelhouse there. Yeah. We're, when we're talking about maybe nine, between 9 and 11 points, Yeah, I could roll with that. 
it would be a tight one. It would yeah. be it would be almost like one of those ones where like, how gutsy are you feeling today? Right? How gutsy are you feeling how today? Yeah. Do, do you think it's really going to happen that way? You know, I probably yeah. just just to you know show some guts, just go with Ohio State to cover. Mm. And and you know, roll. It could go either way though. I think that number though is yeah. about right. Yeah, I loved it at ten and a half. Mm. But at 10, I don't like it as much yeah. because I think you're right. I think it's it's right about right. What about you, Alex? Upset special. <laughs> I'm putting my balls in the cart right now. You're taking Penn State? Uh, I'm taking Penn State to, to barely, like by like three points, squeak out the victory. Oh, the upset. It would be a humongous upset, too. At home. Yeah. Like who really beats Ohio State at home other than Michigan? And even then Michigan couldn't do it for almost twenty years. Right. Who how do you beat Michigan? How do you beat Ohio State at home? I'm gonna probably I'm gonna uh, you know what? Come up. Yeah. The, and Penn State is built to do that. Mm-hmm. To beat you up with those two running backs, Katron Allen and and uh uh the other running back, his name is me. Sorry, my brother. But yeah. And the defense, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. I'm going to take uh, Penn State plus ten. Let's go. And what's uh, you got one more? Or are you good? Let's see. We oh yeah, we got three more. We got three more. Three more, real quick. We got Wisconsin, ten point dog at home against Ohio State. You know. I think Ohio State takes that, to be honest with yep. you. Uh, Ohio State's offense, it, Wisconsin, like we, we've been talking about, changing schemes, Wisconsin changing players. Um, I'm going Ohio State. I think Ohio State covers. Wisconsin's got too much going on, too much trouble, um, too much trouble in paradise there with the coaching uh, coaches and the staff and whatever else. We're going Ohio State here. Well, a quick update. It's actually – now it's Wisconsin at nine and a half point dog. Oh, I'm even more so going Ohio State. At the, see, at this point in the season, I think the offense has figured it out. Mm-hmm. And the defense still tough, still strong. And they're going to run the ball at Ohio State because Michigan has already shown, shown that that's how do, you beat them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm going. I would love to that. But does, but does Wisconsin possess that power running back to do it? They do. Bray, uh, Braylon uh, Allen. Okay. Excellent. Excellent running back. If if Braylon Allen can get going, yeah, might be talking a different story. I, I just I have questions about it. I, I think Ohio State double digits. I could see Ohio State doing fourteen on Wisconsin and putting that one away. I'm doing this for my wife. I'm taking the the Badgers plus, <laughs> plus nine and a half. Woohoo! All right, oh, ballsy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Buckeyes will uh, cover that spread uh, since it's so small. I can see him doing. I can see him doing fourteen. That's where I'm at. All right. Okay. November eleventh, we got Michigan State at Ohio State. Michigan State was a twenty-four and a half point dog as of a month and a half ago. Now, Michigan State is a twenty-five and a half point dog. 25 is a lot. A lot. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. Uh, I could see Ohio State. Uh, uh, Michigan's going to cover, or Michigan State's going to cover. 
here's what I think is going to happen. Ohio State will probably win by about 20, maybe 18 to 20 points. I could see. I know Michigan State's not good. Let's be real. They're not good. But I also think that Ohio State, because of the troubles that they have on their own team, a lot of question marks. At this point in the season, they may have figured stuff out. Yeah. But I don't know about and at 25. This, yeah. And at it's, this point in the season, they will have been beaten up multiple times. Yep. And and I, I also want to point out, like, if, if we were talking about Ohio State versus Rutgers, we'd be yep. having a different conversation. Exactly. But we're talking Ohio State versus Michigan State. Uh, 18 to 20? I can sure. see it. I can see it. 25? That's that, again. <laughs> again, they're going to limit the number of possessions that you get per game because right. of the clock not stopping on first downs. Bingo. So I, I'm, I'm seeing. I'm taking the state. I'm taking the Spartans plus twenty five and a half. Me too. Yeah. Oh, right. Ohio State will win this game, but it's mm. eight, you know we're not talking twenty five points. That's crazy talk. Right. Twenty one. Uh, sure. Ooh. Okay, November 11th, same day, we've got Michigan laying two and a half on the road at Penn State. Michigan will cover this. Um, I, I think the game's going to be tighter. Yeah. You know, but you're going to see seven points. You're going to see Michigan. Yeah. You're going to see Michigan. You know, like last year, every, it was a tighter game. You know, mm-hmm. it's what we, I, I think, well, I, I don't remember the final score of last year's game. Was it 12 points? I, I, I could see Michigan covering two and a half easy. Um, Penn State's very good. Penn State's going to give them a run, but two and a half, Michigan all day. All day? I can't. If there's one team besides Ohio State that Michigan has trouble with, it's Penn State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, or excuse me, Michigan State, but they're they're the flying ointment in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. Penn State is. Yep. And they've got the recipe to beat the Wolverines at home. I'm taking, they might lose by one, but I'm at two and a half. I mean, it, it's rough at two and a half anyway. You might as well just take the winner. But I'm, I'm, I'm taking Penn State to cover that two and a half. Yeah, at home. Wow. Oh, see. Oh, yeah. a one point game. Uh, yeah, I, yeah point. I, I, I can see that. I can totally see, in Happy Valley as well. White out at night. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. But I'm, I'm going with the Wolverines. They'll cover. But I can totally see a one point game. Uh, we got, oh, I'm sorry, it was two more. Quick, November 24th, Penn State is minus 13. They're laying 13 on the road at Michigan State. Penn State defense, Michigan State's not going to be able to score against that. I'm going with Penn State to cover. Here's the thing. After such an emotional game against Michigan, you know, have they recovered uh, enough? You think they're going to c- come back down to yeah. earth against Michigan yeah. State? Ooh. Yeah, on, on the road at, at Michigan oh, State. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm taking State to cover that t- uh, 12 now, or 13. <laughs> I'm taking State to cover 13. Penn State loses a game against a hard-fought game against Michigan, takes it out of Michigan State. Penn State takes Michigan State to pound town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the destroyer. I got more Michigan State than you guys. All right, final game, the game, November 25th, the Ohio State Buckeyes come to town, come to Ann Arbor, and take on the Michigan Wolverines. And it is still sitting at this stanky, stanky two-and-a-half. Michigan is 
favored by two and a half. You're not going to see this two and a half bullshit. The, the reality is Michigan knows the formula. They have the formula. They've been running the formula for two years now. Yeah. And, and there's nothing Ryan Day or the Ohio State Buckeyes can do about it. The fact of the matter is, is that Michigan's going to beat you up. They are going to hurt you. They are going to bruise you. They are going to maim you. That is what Michigan is coming to do. I'm not even a Michigan fan, and I can see what these running backs are doing and can do to the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Ohio State Buckeyes are soft. That's mm-hmm. it. A-F-T. Soft. Soft. That's exactly what they are. They are a soft team. They do not possess the physicality to handle the physical run game of the, the Michigan Wolverines. I'm going Michigan, and Michigan's going to have another third-year dominant performance against the Ohio State Buckeyes. I, I think yeah. we're, we're in double digits. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, three points. Somebody's smoking something over there. <laughs> I would not be surprised to see the line, like, jump as we get closer. Mm. But, yeah, it, it's it's year three, and Michigan's going to take Ohio State to pound town one more time, and Ryan Day will be shown the door. Yeah, Ryan Day doesn't have any answers for Michigan. That's the no. thing. It's going to be Michigan, and I'm, I'm calling. He's got tons of questions. Yeah, it, I'm telling yeah. you, Michigan is going to come out there, and they're going to do exactly what they've been doing. It's going to be a, a close game early on, and then Michigan. Blake Corum's back. Yep. Just, if he can stay healthy, it, it's no contest. They're gonna they're gonna go out there and it's gonna be close early on and Michigan's gonna grind them into grind their bones to make their bread. That's what they're gonna do. They're gonna come yeah. out and they're going to have themselves a field day with the Ohio State Buckeyes. That's just what's gonna happen. So I'm going Michigan by double digits. Ah, ooh, that that's that's tough. I wouldn't go double digits. Oh, I am because maybe they figured something else out by this point in the season. The Ohio State Buckeyes have. I no. am when one. Hey, it's. We're seeing the same thing, and I'm in complete agreement with you. Michigan does win the game. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm taking Michigan minus two and a half. And uh, Alex, you got Michigan, I'm assuming? Yes? Absolutely. Go blue. There we go. And that's Boots Bets. Yes. And uh, MAC-10 season preview, MAC and Big Ten games only (laughs) from June to now. That's it. Now, folks, uh, this week we're going to do our impact players. We decided because we are going a little long, we're going to go ahead and we're going to save the impact players for next week's show or for, for uh, the, the next show, which is two weeks from now. And then after that, we are on the precipice of the NFL season, which is going to be very entertaining. Um, before we take off out of here, I want to talk books. Let's talk books first and foremost. I eat cookies out of the trash. Oh, wonderful book written by Tammy Pruitt. Wonderful author. She is uh, putting this book out here online only. You cannot go to a bookstore. Don't travel to a bookstore and try to, try to get it. Maybe you can get it delivered to that bookstore and go pick it up and then go look at something else while you're there. Maybe get a scone and read the book. <laughs> but yeah, it is on barnesandnoble.com, Amazon, uh, Apple Books, I believe. You can just Google it. Go on the Google machine, as they say. Look for this thing. I ate cookies out of the trash. We're going through uh, d- depressions, if you have uh, weight issues, life issues, anything that you're going through, this may have something for you in this book. Wonderful read. It's like a conversation. Absolutely. Great read. And also, I want to talk about Patch Miracle Photography. Uh, Andrew and his wonderful wife, Chantel, they do wonderful professional-grade photos. If you're looking for a great photographer for your wedding, if you're looking for 
maternity photos, if you're looking for engagement photos, if you're looking for first birthday photos, if you're looking for newborn photos, if you're looking to do a sexy boudoir shoot for that special someone in your life, graduation photos, you name it, they do it over at PatchMiraclePhotography.com. High quality pictures um, and uh, excellent, excellent quality. I got to tell you. Did you look good? Oh man, they made yeah, they even made me look good. That's that's the the key there. And they, that's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I With know. No filters. I, I need all the filters. Um, also, I want to talk about facekickedapparel.com. Sean Stockmeyer's wonderful wife Lisa doing tremendous work over there uh, with their awesome custom shirts, hoodies, hats. You name it, you pick it, they stick it over at facekickedapparel.com. Get your face kicked in with savings. Heck yeah, and it's actually a very reasonable price, man. He's got orders going out like crazy lately. Very popular guy these days. Very popular. Alex, you got some shirts done from him, didn't you? Absolutely. Yep, I wear uh, I wear it uh, semi-regularly. Yeah. Uh, I, yep. the, 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 man, the man's work is uh, second to none, and uh, his work ethic is second to none. Yeah, and, and none is really good. <laughs> yes yes um next up we got to talk about big willie dubs gaming I, they changed over to a new brand no shot bot no shot bot tv there it is they got the rebrand over there um our buddy will doing some awesome stuff over there coming into uh his own uh doing a lot of a lot of call of duty stuff i still enjoy all of his call of duty stuff i still enjoy his uh his tiktoks and whatnot those are probably tiktoks the Tic Tacs, yes, they're, they're very entertaining, but check it out. No Shot Bot TV. Go, yeah, go check it out. Also, uh, our good boys over there at Steel Twins Gaming. Alex, you and Andrew doing some special stuff. I hear we're getting out of the Ace Attorney series. Yes, uh, we have just wrapped up uh, the last episode of the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. We just had our season finale this past Wednesday. Uh, we are moving into a new realm. Uh, effective next Wednesday, uh, my brother and I are going to be doing Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga on the Game Boy Advance, which is available as part of their of the Nintendo Switch Online library. Uh, so that's a, that's a hell of a find. Uh, kind of dif- different Switch, different pace, uh, you know, but we're still bringing the same entertaining goofiness we've always been known for. I really want to take all those episodes that we recorded, download them, edit them, and, like, put them on a DVD or something. Because that was, like, a six-month project that was, like, it, 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 it's, it was epic. It was stupid ridiculous. We made 28 videos out of that whole thing. So, uh, yeah, but we will have some more Ace Attorney uh Starting in uh, 2024, uh, the Apollo Justice series will be released, uh, re-released on modern consoles. So expect the two of us to be tackling that series uh, sometime early in or mid-2024. Who's tackling King Cooper? <laughs> oh, well, um, at that, oh, uh, my brother always does the voice of Bowser, and it's, uh, it's, Yep, it's it, it's his state, it's his staple, it's his trademark, and nobody out of the two of us, you know, only he could do that for sure. And then, uh, last but not least, iytmassage.com. It's your time massage. Get yourself a massage, guys. You got to check it out. It's your time massage. Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. She specializes in Swedish and deep tissue massages. Licensed massage therapist. The best way that you know how. Remember, it's your time at iytmassage.com. 
So use uh, that time wisely to get yourself a massage. Heck yeah. And folks, that's our show. Um, we're, next time we're going to be talking about our impact players for each team for the NFL season. Um, and with that, for Boots, for Alex Steele, I'm the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. Thank you for joining us right here on the Outside Blitz. You're probably talking about us because we're the only thing to talk about. Ciao.